Blog Talk Radio.
after review, there was never a need down by any of the runners of Miami. However, the, the blocking question was from the side, not from the back. It's a legal play, touchdown, game is over. Yes, it truly was a miracle in more ways than one that delivered a victory to the Miami Hurricanes at Duke. The final play was so magnificent and so shocking at the same time that it totally made everybody forget about the travesties that the Hurricanes experienced at the hands of those ACC officials earlier in the fourth quarter. The refs were suspended for their supposed incompetence on the final play. But shouldn't that suspension have really covered the entire game? Miami was called for three pass interference penalties on Duke's final drive, two of them highly questionable, and the refs took an Artie Burns interception that would have ended the game off the board. And what do you make of ESPN's Heather Dinich suggesting on Twitter that Miami should forfeit the game? Clearly, she didn't watch the entire thing. You simply couldn't make up all this drama that continues to captivate Miami's 2015 season. It was quite a weekend, but now it is time to move forward. The Hurricanes face Virginia on Saturday at Sun Life Stadium, and the coaching search to replace Al Golden has reached its 10th day with no end in sight. We will talk about all of that and more tonight on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest three hours in Hurricane Sports. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. As always, plenty of phone lines for everybody to call in and participate. Once again, feel free if you need to listen to the whole show on the phone because you're driving or, or, or for any other reason, again, feel free. And remember, if you want to participate in the show, you hit the number one on your keypad and that lets us know that you want to come on. Before we get going, let's begin tonight with the coaching search. And here's what we know as of right now. There still are no signs that any interviews have taken place at all. But based on what we've been able to find out, you would have to think that right now the leading candidate to replace Al Golden is Butch Davis. On face value, it seems insurmountable. But guys like Mario Cristobal and Rob Chatinsky can't be counted out, 
And the university is believed to still be very, very interested in finding out who else out there on the landscape might be interested in this job. Sources tell me that Davis has the support of several of Miami's most influential boosters, led by guys like tomato grower Paul Damari and Chicago businessman Ted Schwartz, who donated a big chunk of the money for the Schwartz Center um, a few years ago. Butch Davis also has the support of several former players. There have been a few conference calls organized by John Vilma and a select group of other former players that include Jerome McDougall and Edgerin James. The players would like to have input in the search, but the problem is that there really just is no way for them to do that, and it's not something that the university is seeking out or expressing interest in. So sources told Sport the players are lined up behind Butch right now, but they are open to other candidates if they emerge, um, but I would not expect them to be primary players in the search. As you've seen in the fan poll on Canesport.com, Butch Davis also has the support of 70% of the fan base. So why doesn't Davis have the job already? Well, the biggest reason is that the university wants this to be a legitimate search. They don't want to rush to judgment or just pick one guy and name him the coach. They want to do their due diligence. They want to explore what other coaches out there, both in college and pro football, might be interested in this position and conduct a proper search with proper interviews. And then if, if Butch Davis is deemed the best guy for the job, then Butch Davis will get the job. But this is not going to be a situation where you're going to see a, a hasty rush to judgment, I don't believe, with a Butch naming here in the next couple days. Very unlikely. Now, you haven't heard anything at all out of Mario Cristobal. And, you know, really that the large reason for that is, number one, there's not really access to Mario Cristobal. He's coaching right now at Alabama, and they're – very deep this week with LSU next on the schedule, a game that will determine more more than likely if they make the Final Four playoffs at the end of the year. So the last thing that Mario Cristobal can be doing this week is interviewing for the Miami job uh, or even spending a, an enormous amount of time on the Miami job. They, they have all they can handle up there at Alabama uh, with LSU. But don't take that to believe that Mario Cristobal is not intensely interested in this job. I think that goes unquestioned. And um, he's got a ton of support uh, from the local high school coaches. That's something that we've been finding as we've been calling around and talking to some of these coaches. And you've seen a lot of the stories on canesport.com. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if Mario Cristobal, once things do pick up and he does get to have conversations with Miami, if he does, you know, in, in fact, emerge on a level playing field with Butch Davis, despite the fact that a lot of the heavy hitting support right now is going Davis's way. I'll remind you that in the last coaching search, okay, the the, the booster support seemed and, and trustee support seemed to be going in the direction of Mark Tressman to get that job. But athletic director Kobe Hocutt overruled and hired Al Golden. So anything can happen in these coaching search situations. So that's about it for right now. We, we, we told you from day one that Texas's Charlie Strong would be interested in Miami if, if uh, Blake James chose to reach out to him. Uh, we do not believe that there has been any contact to this point between Miami and Charlie Strong. And let's be honest, you know, 
Texas lost to Iowa State last weekend, 24 to nothing. You know, when that happens, I got to believe that that has hurt Charlie Strong's stock, not just for Miami, but other schools as well. Uh, time will tell there. We'll keep an eye on it. But to this point, uh, we do not believe there's been any contact between Charlie Strong and Miami. So moving on, as always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. Has the university given a timetable on when it will begin to interview candidates or name a coach? The answer to that is no. Um, But what it looks like to us is that they're spending the first week or two getting all their ducks in a row, figuring out who they want to speak to, seeing who's interested. We've got to believe that interviews would begin next week at the latest, right? I mean, you you have to suspect that that would be the case. Um, Next question that came in. Is it strange that there have been no interviews? Um, no, I don't think so for the reasons that I just stated a, a moment ago. It's not strange at all. It, it, it takes sometimes a week or two to get organized, uh, especially when you want to conduct the type of thorough search that I described a few moments ago. Everyone seems to be leaning towards Butch Davis. What type of offense did he run? And what type of defense did he run last time he was at Miami? Well, the offense was, you know, your your basic pro pro style offense, and and I think you could probably expect similar, you know, maybe with some minor modifications uh, to the spread, um, de- depending on who the offensive coordinator is. And as far as defense, I think it's very safe to say that the defense would be a four uh, three defense, which is what Butch Davis has always run throughout his career. When a new coach is hired. Will he retain a couple of the assistants from the staff, uh, the current staff? There's absolutely zero way for us to predict that, uh, not knowing who the coach is. Uh, but it's not something that I would anticipate. You know, you might see a sprinkling. You know, maybe one or two guys. I don't think you're going to see wholesale retentions from the current coaching staff. If Mark Rick does let go of Georgia, does he become a candidate? You know. I'm 50-50 on that one. I personally don't think that this Miami job is a great fit for Mark Richt. Um, I, I think that he will have interest out there, and I think he'll find better better fits at some other schools. And I wouldn't be sh- shocked if he surfaced at, say, a place like South Carolina a- at all. Uh, that you know that kind of job might make sense for Mark Richt. The current staff did not redshirt too many guys in recent years. Has that been a big part of the depth problem? Well... I would say it's been a big part of the problem. I mean, not just the depth problem. You know, I, I think that older football players tend to perform better than younger football players. And I, I don't think it's a surprise that you don't see Miami getting a ton out of all these freshmen that are playing not just this year, but in past years. And, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of redshirting. And, and hopefully when they get settled with a new coach, he is too, because I think it's very significant in building a program. Have we seen any differences at practice since Al Golden's departure? Uh, yes, we have. I mean, the, the, the first thing I will tell you is that practices are much more physical than they were under Al Golden. And the coaches are, are doing things uh, to really get players to get after it right away when they get on the practice field. In the past, you know, you'd see like 30 minutes of drills and things like that. Uh, they're getting into practice much quicker than they did the past several years. And like we said, also being a lot more physical. And I I thought it showed up a little bit in that game the other night. I thought Miami was more physical than it's been uh, 
through most of the season, and I thought they played a very aggressive game with a lot of energy and juice, and um, that's what it's going to take for this team to win the, you know, as they go down the stretch here. More and more schools are spending a lot of money on football programs, not just coaching. Does UM understand that in order to become competitive, they will need to provide more sources more resources, rather, to the football program, staffing, recruiting, et cetera, and are they willing to invest that kind of money to win? Well, you know, Butch Davis, when he was at North Carolina, raised about $100 million for their football program. So if they are go, if they do choose to go in that direction, you know, I think they'd be hiring a guy that understands the importance of money and, and, and you know, how to go about getting it. And I, and I think you would see... Uh, a huge effort to raising money. They got to get that indoor practice facility built and going uh, very, very soon. And, and I, I, I think that'll be a priority uh, coming up here. So, you know, the answer to that question is yes. I think Miami is willing to invest money in the program. And I think they understand that they need to. Can Miami ever return to 2001 type of dominance? What, when and what will it take for that to happen? Well, here's what I would tell you. And I put Miami, Florida, and Florida State all in the same category. When the big three in the state of Florida get their act together and have a good head coach with a good coaching staff and run their program in the proper manner, they always dominate. You know, look at what Florida State's done under Jimbo Fisher. Look at what Florida is doing in its first year under Jim McElwain, a year when they really didn't expect anywhere near the kind of success that they're having. And I think you could see the same thing at Miami. I think the Miami roster right now has several holes in it that are going to need to be addressed in recruiting. But I think that once everything gets straight in the program, if they make this higher count, I think you will see Miami get back to competing for championships very, very quickly. What about the rover role that Jamal Carter was playing in the game at Duke the other night? He had one of his best performances in a while. And I would say that's a very astute observation. Jamal Carter, I thought, was brilliant the other night. Played very, very hard, made a lot of plays. And I thought that rover roll was perfect for his skill set. And the question that I would have is, why didn't we see it much earlier? And, you know, because to to me, and I know some of you guys, because we've talked about it on this show, it was a very obvious strategy to use with Jamal Carter. And for some reason, they never did it. And I think part of the byproduct of it was a lot of the NFL scouts that have been coming through Miami have been looking at Jamal Carter and telling the coaches, why isn't this guy on the field more? You know, I mean, he's got the kind of talent that you want on the field all the time. And I think that might have had some influence, on uh, you know, with Larry Scott taking over. And I think that, you know, that combined with the fact that they're light on linebackers was why you saw a lot more of Jamal Carter in that role. All right, let's get on with the show now and, and get out to your calls. The number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's begin tonight in the 513. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? How you doing? This is Tim from Cincinnati. How are you? What's up, Tim? How you doing this week? Man, look, first of all, I just want to say that I think that you're a celebrity up here in Cincinnati because – my daughter has gymnastics and like she listens to your show every day and she had like Miami gear on and everything. And she was like, you got to tune in the Kane sport and Gary, isn't he awesome? I'm like, Gary is a celebrity. I can't believe it. 
Anyway, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but I don't you know. Daughter, thank you. She was she was she was going kind of crazy, man. It was like a new kids like a new kids concert, like type crazy. So that was kind of <laughs> crazy. But um, well, tell her thank all, you. Okay, no problem, man. First of all, with the game, I literally cried, Gary, at the end. I could not believe like what I saw. Like it was just crazy. It was just did completely you, crazy. Did you cry like, again? The way that he was. Did, did you cry again tonight hearing all the play by plays? Oh, listen, listen, Gary, don't don't mess with my emotions right now. What I'm saying is is that just the way everything was and the way everything happened, it was just crazy. I mean, it was just like I could not believe that Corn Elder turned the ball like the way they were allowed. It was just like is this like Sandlot football? This was just it was and I, and I felt so good because I felt we were robbed in that game. And for all the media people, it seemed like this game kind of brought out the hate that we've been missing all these years. I you know mean, what? I've was, never uh, seen people – I mean, I've, been, I've just never seen people say, oh, well, you know, Miami should forfeit. Okay, so let's go back. Should Notre Dame forfeit when we got hosed in, up in South Bend back when we got robbed of the, you know, of the game up there? Or how about the national title game against O-State? I mean, we can keep going on and on, but – it's like, come on. I've never seen this much media outcry. And it's like, if this was another team, it would be no problem. But because we're Miami, it's like everything's just blown up out of proportion, completely out of proportion. So I commend the guys. I saw a big difference in play this week. And I don't know if it was because they were just playing with heavy hearts because of Artie Burns' mom, you know, and everything that they were going through. But that team played from where they used to play with Golden. And I don't know if it's because Larry Scott's just letting the boys play, but I don't know, Gary. It's just like Rozier looked great, you know. I mean, well, it was just like everything was just flowing that game. Larry Scott obviously pushed all the right buttons last week. There's no question that team was very invested in the game and played extremely hard. But, you know, getting back to what you said about the, the, the return, the thing that was most amazing about that, that return was – the the fact that it was all improvisation. I, I, once the ball got in Dallas Crawford's hands and he threw that first pass back to Cornelder, everything else that you saw in that play was totally improvised. And other than Sheldrick Redwine, you know, yeah, flying out flying out nowhere, oh, blatant! I mean, just blatant, and they yeah. missed it. But other than that, I mean. I mean, it, it was it was like poetry, man. I mean, it was, it was like unbelievable. It was like watching a ballet. Um, Gary, <laughs> you know, my those wife guys. came downstairs, and she thought that someone had broken into my house because I was screaming so like a girl. I could not believe it that it was happening. And I'm just like, they robbed us the whole game from 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 when the quarter. I didn't. I thought Jerron Young stopped the quarterback. I never thought he got in, and they gave him the touchdown. Then they called those horrible pass interference calls especially when Artie Burns' interception. That was just a clean pick. And they called it interception, and I'm just like, come on, man. The penalties are starting to get ridiculous. They, they, they were just starting to be ridiculous. And I really did think, like, okay, is the ACC trying to, like, like, is there, like, a golden curse on this team or something? Because it's just like we were getting penalties for the most, I mean, just stupid things. So I'm glad we pulled that out. You know what I mean? I think this will kind of be the lift that we need for the rest of this season. I think that the boys will play harder, and I think they're motivated now. So that's the good thing. 
So there, you know, do away with I, that. I will tell you that at practice today there was a it was there was a, a lot of spirit and and it was very noticeable. And and yeah, I and, and I, I, I think that 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 was a pick me up for those kids. You know that they, they were going they had, they've had such a rough road not just this year but going back uh, you know several years and and the fact that they were able to walk out of there and win that game in in that type of emotional ending. I, I can only do great things for this team uh, as they, you know, run the, run out the string here. No, no doubt about right. it. Right. So, so okay. So moving on to the coaching search. Um, here, now let me ask you this because you're pretty much on the inside. You know, you know, what I mean, you know, most of everything. Do you feel like because of with Butch Davis getting so much support from, like the fans, the local, you know, media for the most part, and the players? that a lot of candidates will kind of just look elsewhere because, like I tell people all the time, I'm like, there's a lot of other jobs like USC, South Carolina, Texas may open up, Georgia may open up, that, you know, candidates will just say, you know what, let me just go ahead and just hinge my interest elsewhere. I will tell you this. The university wants this to be a very legitimate search. They don't want it to be, you know, Butch Davis or Buss. Okay, so – They've had an agenda here the first 10 days of trying to position the overall search so that if there are coaches out there in college or pro football that are interested in this job, that they have a vehicle to reach out to the university and that they can they can make their make their interests known. And one of the concerns, I believe, internally, is that your daughter or something? Um, yeah, that's my son. He's I, just come out from football practice. So go ahead, girl. You good? All right. Um, so one, one of the ter- one of the um, concerns internally is that there has been so much Butch Davis uh, buzz, I guess is the best word, and yeah. that people around the country might start assuming that this is a slam dunk for Butch Davis, and really good candidates potentially might not apply. And so that's right. that, that's one of the the quiet concerns that um here in the early stages of the search but but uh I think that that's why you've seen them in a situation where they haven't begun interviews yet and they're giving people time to express interest in the job then they could sit back survey the landscape decide who they're going to interview and go out and do it. Okay, and my last right. question is this and this is kind of like the most important for me as I know they're saying that they're going to be paying the coaches four million a year. So nobody, with the system, nobody has said that. Much... They're, okay. They're, okay. I, I think the salary of the head coach will be determined by whom they hire. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So would it be okay? So let me ask you this: Would it be fair to say with assistants, is there going to be a budget on them too, or is it just going to pretty much be up to you? Know what I mean, like the coach and. Here's what I think. I don't think they're going to pay the head coach $4 million, and I don't think they're going to have to. I mean, if you look at the guys, everybody that's on the board right now as a candidate that we know of and know if if some of those guys like I just talked about have emerged, uh, we don't know about them yet. But, you know, you're talking about guys that can be hired in the 2 to $2.5 million range. You know, Butch, right. Mario, I mean, you know, so – you know, I think the biggest thing you're going to have to see is an increased budget for assistance. And you know, right now, if you take the 2.5 million that they were paying Al Golden, okay, and let's mm-hmm. add approximately 1.2 million 
for the two coordinators, okay, that they're that they're be, between Coley and D'Onofrio. I think that's a okay. pretty good – might be a shade high, but it's a pretty good ballpark. I think both are making between five and 600000 a year. Okay, so that would take you to, what, 3-7? Um, I would expect Miami, for those three positions, to at least be at 4-5 to $5 million next year. Wow. I I, th- I wow. think that's I think that's where the extra money is going to go to the staff, to the coordinators, and to the rest of the coaching staff, so that they can get a really good coaching staff in here because that's really necessary. Wow. Well, Gary, good show, man. Keep me on hold, and I'll just be tuning in, listening, man. Thanks, man. And thanks for kicking it off. All right, the number is six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Again, remember, if you want to come on the show. Hit the number one. Let's go out to the 404. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, what's going on, man? It's Roland from New Orleans. What's up, what's up Roland? Welcome back. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm not going to hold you up too long, but uh, as I was watching that game, man, um, and he looked at he looked at the uh, entire game, especially the fourth quarter. Jerry, man, it seemed to me, I mean, it was just blatant, just terrible calls, just just atrocious calls. I mean, the pass interference. I mean, it was just throwing flags left and right. It seemed like every play. And it's almost, this is my first point, it's almost like um, when you look at college football as, as a whole, it's like they want it to be, you know, they want it, they want it to be the model of like a Texas or like a, um, um, I don't know, uh, Alabama, you know, with that whole pageantry. And that's not Miami. And that's what that's what I think everybody is. People at the Miami Hurricanes fans gravitated to Miami to Miami because they gave kids from the inner city the opportunity to play ball and be themselves and really just create that whole aura. So all the hate, man, just alone. I mean, you had an incident with with um, Kelly, the, the coach at Notre Dame, getting into it with one of his players. That didn't get any pub. It's just. Oh uh, yeah, it blatant. did. It got pub. But not. It got pub, but not like Miami. I mean, you have people talking about it on the Today Show. It was that bad. I mean, people are just they they really hate. And people hate Miami. They hate Miami. Uh, I, I think. So. I mean, you're right, but I think also sometimes, you know, we overreact a little bit. I mean, it was it was an unbelievable play and and. It's no surprise that they put it on the Today Show and Good Morning America, and you know the the, the bottom line is that it shouldn't have been allowed. I mean, the play should not have been allowed, and so you know I, I don't think you can get mad at anybody having that opinion. And, and right. you got to understand, it was Miami against Duke. I mean, people aren't watching that whole game. I know, I know. You're right. Game should have been over when Arthur Burns uh, took the interception, picked that guy. That 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 should have been. That that should have been automatic turnover. And then when the guy from Duke tried the quarterback sneak, that should have been reviewed. They called out a touchdown. It was just so many just outrageous and outlandish calls, man. It's just it's frustrating. But to get you know to to, to move forward, you can just feel it. And I don't know. I think a lot of the fans. I think all the fans feel it um, as it relates to you know if it's Butch, if it's Cristobal, if it's just, uh, Chud or whomever the new coach is going to be. Just Miami, and they, and they always want to portray well. You know, 
about Miami, or they got a long way to go. Miami, we got a we got a tremendous quarterback. We just need the right coaching, the right pieces in play to make that make that next step. I, I honestly believe next year the team can win nine, ten games. Easy. I mean, what's your thoughts on on on, on going into next year? I know I, have, I mean first of all, yeah, I don't have any talk. thoughts. We don't even know who's gonna be on the team. We don't even know who's gonna be the coaches, I know. You don't know I who know. the coaches are gonna be, you don't know who the you don't know who the players are gonna be. You don't know who's gonna go That's pro who could transfer out. You yeah. don't know who's gonna wanna transfer. You know, you don't know who's gonna be recruited. I mean, there's so many things that are still to be decided. We can't even begin to start talking about next year. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um one other question, uh as far as um the the moving forward with 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 uh I guess we're recruiting. Is that pretty much on hold until and the new coach is coming back? I mean, no, not at all I, not at all. I mean, it's it, you know the, the the staff. I would look. They're not working as hard on recruiting as they were yeah. before. I was yeah, of course. Let's not let's not kid anybody. But you know that the, they are keeping in touch with the kids. The kids that are committed, I think, are on hold right now. And when there's a new coach, he'll come in and he'll look at the commitment list and he'll reevaluate those kids. And if there's a couple of them that he wants to release, he will. Um, well, a release isn't a good word, but you know, let know yeah. that. He's not really in the plans, uh, but I, you know, a lot of those kids are going to stick. I mean, a lot of them are good players. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Gary, man, I'm not going to hold you up. I mean, you got a bunch of bunch of callers uh, calling in, calling in, and uh, again, man, I, and I appreciate everything you do as far as uh, Kane Sports, just everything you do, man. You do a tremendous job, and I, I, I know you get a lot of credit from from a lot of the fan base, but you need you definitely need a couple more. Uh, Pats on the back, man. You do a tremendous job. Just keep doing what you're doing. If you just Thank you, Paul. I'm listening. Appreciate you being part of the show. Thank you, no man. No problem. Yeah. All right. All right, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 757 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Who's this? It's Kane Kane, man. Come on. You're hey, you're right. I, sh- I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> Um, let me wait. Let me, going, man? let me smack. Let me smack myself. All right. Nah, nah, okay. you good. You good. You good. Good game, Saturday. Well, we finally got one. As many times they robbed us, I don't want to hear nothing about that. That Ohio State game, the biggest pain killer ever. Everybody celebrating on the field, and the ref throw a flag. Man, forget them. Why they suspended them? Well, that's on them. They should have did the job correctly during the whole game. Maybe they wouldn't have went that far. But it was a good game. They did, did real well. Did real well, sir. And can I ask you one more thing? I ain't going to be up here all day. Yep. Um, is Jimmy, you know, I've been seeing on the site, but I know you got a little more information. Is Jimmy Johnson supposed to be like several? Is that just nonchalant? He he has volunteered to be a sounding board for Blake James. Uh-huh. Okay. And what role yeah. he's going to ultimately play will be very interesting. You know, I don't know. You know, and – you know, I'm not really sure what's up these days with Jimmy and Butch and Dave Wanstead and these guys. You know, obviously, they all used to be tight best buddies and all that. I don't know if that's still the case today. I don't know if Jimmy yeah. would, be, would be a Butch proponent or a Butch detractor. But, uh, right. you, you know, he has he has definitely offered Blake James the opportunity to reach out to him and use him as a consultant at any time. Okay, I see. And my, your boy Wanstead... I'm going to 
Alonzo was all right, but I ain't never like him. After what he did to Ricky in that game in ninth, where we had Isabel down here in Virginia Beach, ran him 43 times against Buffalo. No wonder the man went to smoking weed. I would have went smoking too. And we barely beat Buffalo. <laughs> well, I said ain't never been that good to me. But other than that, man, I ain't got too much more to say. I hope we beat Virginia. You know, London does have our number, if I may say that correct. Some way, somehow. That's how I even kept his job the last three years by beating Miami. But I think we should shut him down this year. Last guy did a good job. Rosil looked great. And for all them fans out there that kept saying we're going to lose without Kaya, y'all can all go to, okay, I ain't got no more to say. Keep me on, okay? See you next Tuesday, <laughs> baby. Take care. All right, Kane Kane. Yeah, I mean, I got to agree. I mean, what uh, I, the, the guy I feel bad for coming out of that game is Malik Rozier. My God, what a, what a game he played. I, I mean, it, it was phenomenal. Talk about turnarounds. Totally the opposite of the way he played against Clemson, and he made big throw after big throw. They kept getting penalties to put them in holes. Uh, Malik Rozier kept coming back and hitting big passes on third downs and uh, I was very impressed. I'm sure everyone out there listening right now was also. I mean, you, you couldn't be more impressed with the way Malik Rozier played. And uh, you now can feel comfortable that Miami has a true backup quarterback. Uh, with the asterisk being Malik, you got to know you got to be ready at all times. And I think, you know, I think he's learned that now. And if he's ever called on again in the middle of a game, I don't think you'll see him, you know, shat the bed the way he did against Clemson. All right, let's go out to the 773 now. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how are you? Doing good. Who's this? This is Billy in Austin. What's up, Billy? Um, I've been getting a lot of calls this... from Austin today, man. They've been ringing my they've been ringing my phone off the hook. Everyone <laughs> thinks Charlie Strong's going to get fired there this year, and 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 that he's going to be making a mad push for this Miami job and. Uh, I probably got about I probably uh, got about four or five calls from there today. See, I uh, don't really care about <laughs> their product. I'm too busy on the Canes boards. So, um, I guess one thing that would be helpful, I think, for for all of us, um, is, is you know you, you kind of hear certain things. If you could do us a favor, Gary, could you kind of explain how the hiring process works with coaches? under contract at other schools? Because I know a lot of it is based, you know, you, you want to wait till the end of the year because a lot of the jobs, you know, they change in between the bowl games and the and, end of the regular season. Obviously, we bought ourselves some time. You know, you mentioned a couple, couple minutes ago it would be uh, interview starting next week. Can you kind of elaborate on the details of how that all kind of goes down so we have some clarity, please? Well, usually what happens I mean, this is a multi-tiered question, but, you know, first let me cover the subject of contracts. And, you know, you would think the contracts would really be contracts, but but they're not. Coaches can be fired and coaches can leave for other jobs. And usually uh, the, those terms are covered in the language of the contract, and, you know, in terms of what the buyout would be if somebody leaves. So that's that's one aspect of it. But how the search usually gets conducted in most cases is the university will usually – retain a search firm that would be a clearinghouse, so to speak, for anybody out there that's interested in the job. And um, I'm not sure if they're doing that this time. I heard they were not going to do it. And then I heard that they went ahead and did do it, uh, which I think is the accurate uh, aspect of it. I think they do have a search firm out there that's that's serving as a clearinghouse for them, uh, for coaches that want to uh, put their name in for the job without actually calling somebody at the university 
because mm-hmm. you know usually, usually they want these things to be silent and they don't want people to find out about them. So that's usually how it begins. And then what happens is if if the receiving party of those inquiries wants to talk to a coach, at that point they would probably call the aide, the athletic director of that other school and say, hey. You know, just wanted to give you the courtesy. You know, we have an interest in talking to Coach So and So, and you know, at that point, there would then probably be a face-to-face meeting set up, and and athletic directors typically keep that confidential. You know, I don't, you know, because for obvious reasons, I mean, in a lot of those cases, those coaches and their talks with the other schools don't ever get any, anywhere at all. But usually, before that would happen, a school. You, you know, would probably be relatively serious. I mean, I would think a coach would have to be in the top three candidates from Miami to, mm-hmm. to, to to take that next step. And then usually what they do is they usually go to a neutral site, a place that's easy to fly in and out of, like a Chicago or an Atlanta or a Dallas, you know, places like that. And they'll get a, a you know, a, a room, a conference room or a suite or something, that like an, an area hotel or or sometimes even right at the airport, you know, if there's a business center or something, depending. And and they'll they'll actually have guys fly in and meet them in a discreet location where they won't be recognized. And and that's usually how how it goes down. Now, you know, how's how's this one going to go down? I don't know. You know, be, uh, I I really believe that there's going to be another candidate that's going to surface, other than Butch and Mario. Um, that that's going to be weighed with those two. I I really do. I I think that Butch and Mario figure to be two finalists, uh, but the, somebody else has to come out of left field. They always do, and you never would have predicted out the last time Miami searched. And so you know that's what I'm on the lookout for. I uh, haven't seen it yet, but very much on the lookout. Sure. So basically, you think some of these other coaches in the middle of their season could be discreetly <clears throat> working on a deal with Miami and then they would, they would announce no. it at the end of the, I didn't say a deal, but, you know, they could have their agent reaching out and saying, of Hey, he, he would be interested in speaking to you at the end of the season. Okay. And, so and, and if, and, it, and if Miami were interested in that person, they would probably have to wait till the end of the season. And that's, and that's I guess that kind of brings my next point. You know, we've seen, this year, how many firings, retirements, whatever you want to call it, it's kind of, uh, I guess, a new pattern, a new trend. It's created a lot of buzz, a lot of talk, a lot of headlines. What are your thoughts on Miami hiring now, creating equal buzz, well, getting if, a if, jump if they, on recruiting? If they decide it's Butch Davis, they should hire him now. I mean, if Butch Davis <laughs> is going to get this job, there's no reason to wait. So, I mean, seriously. So, and, and, I, I, and that's what I'm getting at. So. So basically, that's where I'm getting at. You still there? Well, we lost you. So, you there? Um, oh wait, I'll bring you back on. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Gary, you there? Yeah, yeah. We're here. Yeah. Go ahead, continue. Um, so that's where I'm getting at. Let's say it's, it's UT's Charlie Strong. He's interested. They, you know, we have to wait five weeks then if another candidate emerges. Is that correct? Well, four weeks, yeah. Four. I mean, you're already now you're already now in, into November, so yeah, you'd have to wait four weeks. If you know, if you okay. wanted to hire Charlie Strong or or you know somebody else like that surfaces, you would have to wait. Yeah, but I think what would happen is they would be very, very, very quick and ready to move 
at the end of the year on that you know Thanksgiving weekend when everybody finishes their regular season. I think yep. that, that that they would be ready to move and, and have those final interviews very quickly and make a decision early in December. Is there a concern from your standpoint about Miami falling in the pecking order as you're hearing the same coaches for the you know for all of these open jobs? Not really. What coaches are you hearing for all the open jobs? I mean that that are a factor. You know, Fuente, Herman, you know, guys that you say that could emerge that we're not thinking of, um, or maybe even yeah. hearing. Yeah, I mean, about those yet. guys, those guys are going to be thrown out there for every job. I agree with you, but you know, in, I, I personally don't think either one of them makes any sense at all for Miami. You know, this is a different deal this time around. Okay, you know, you're not you're not handing a coach the keys to a Ferrari here. Okay, this is a program that needs to be rebuilt. You know, the roster is not right. And it's going to take some very good recruiting and some very good coaching. And I don't think it's a job for somebody that's been a head coach for for six months. I mean, Agreed. this is just my okay. this is just my opinion. Sure. Let me move on to the game. I went a little long last week, so I want to, my focus is to keep it a little shorter this week. Um, first off, in regards to the game, you know, I think it's um, embarrassing for the media, you know, to watch one play. I mean, quite frankly if they actually watched the game, they would have understood that the game was over the play before that led to the kickoff. Miami stopped him with no conclusive evidence. Nobody's knocking Duke for not having a good goal cam, and they had no timeouts. The clock runs well, out. Well, it's not Duke doesn't, Duke doesn't provide a goal cam. It's ESPN. Well, whoever did, they dropped the ball because there was no, you know, typically all these other games, you have a 90-degree goal cam angle. Duke did not have that. Um, if for know, whatever reason much, one of their cameramen were not on the goal line, and I, can't, I obviously and, don't, I, and of course ESPN refuses to address that. So, with with the hatred that we're hearing and some of the other calls we've talked about, in your opinion, because we've been irrelevant, how much of it, in your opinion, is fear based that the Miami job is open and it actually is better than they want to admit now? Nah, you're reading too much into it. It's, it, no, they're just react, they're reacting to the play. Nobody watched the game. I mean, let's face it. There's not anybody out there that doesn't have an interest that watches Miami and Duke. Okay, so none of these people that are commenting watch the game. They they saw that one play on the highlights and yep. they're reacting to the one play. They have no clue what happened in the and rest of the game, and that's why they seem so ignorant. That's they are. You, you you don't you don't take them serious exactly. So here, oh. I guess here's my here's my. It's kind of a two-headed question, and then I'll you know, please put me on hold. Um, I thought the defense was was spectacular, and I, I that's a strong word for what we you know what we saw up until the for 57 minutes. We gave up 285 yards. We looked with energy, we played loose, passion. I mean, everything that we had been missing. In your thoughts and opinions, what happened to going back to so going back to the golden way? In giving up those, you know, those those two drives. I mean, was that a Larry Scott thing? Was that just what they knew? You know, can you elaborate on on what kind of led that? Because I felt like if they would have stuck with what they would have done, we wouldn't have, you know, we, we would have uh, not given up those two touchdowns. Well, I mean, it, I actually had a long talk with Jermaine Grace about about this subject today because. Yeah, it, it was pretty damn noticeable how much, how much harder those kids were playing. And, I mean, Jermaine Grace had 17 tackles in that game. I mean, that was one of the most spectacular linebacker games that Miami's ever seen. I said, Jermaine, you know, what was up? You know, like, why all of a sudden were you guys playing 
with so much more energy and intensity. And and he admitted it was the it was the reason they were playing. The you know he felt like they they were playing for Artie Burns and his mom, and they were playing for Al Golden. And you know the mm. thing that that I, that I struggle with is how can you not have a sense of purpose for any game in a season, particularly early in the year when you. You know, you've got a clean slate. You're hopefully going to play for championships if you're any good. Yeah, and but, yeah, I, I mean, well, there's there's well, something listen, there's something wrong with the overall program. I'm telling you, to be honest yeah, with you, because yeah, the fact that these kids those, needed somebody's mom to die and their coach to get fired to to feel a sense of purpose to play as hard as they played, and they played harder than you'll see in any game other than maybe Florida State. I mean, they were they were unbelievable. And they were, but the, but the message early in the game, the pregame speech was let loose. And I, I think a lot of that led to 24, you know, whatever it was, penalties. But they played loose. They didn't look like robots. They didn't look handcuffed. Yes. They looked like South Florida kids that were that were actually being used to their strength compared to a system. Well, one of, one of, um, the, knocks on, one of the knocks on Al Golden was that he might have had his team a little too uptight at times. They were they, look how tightly wound that 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 game with all the penalties. I, I you know it, it, it demonstrated how tightly wound Al Golden had them. And yeah, but let, but, was, but let me tell you something. There's no coach that's going to condone 200 yards and penalties. They were a little. They were. Condone, you're not let's be honest. It. They were too loose the other night. You know, yeah, but Gary, they were it, it they were almost, too loose, and they had way too many penalties. They they have Larry to find six inches. Like, you got to strike a balance. Larry gave him six inches because they were so tightly wound under Al, they took a foot. Yes. Was it bad? It was. But it was almost refreshing to see them just playing football. Um, my, my second follow-up question, that, and then I'll just put me on hold, please. I'm not even going to talk anymore. How is Mark D'Onofrio adapting to Larry Scott? Please put me on hold. Okay. Um, to answer that question, I thought he adapted pretty damn well. I mean – you know, I think Larry Scott dictated some things to him. I think that D'Onofrio followed them, and uh, I was watching Coach D'Onofrio the other night. He was totally, totally invested in that game to the max, and was as emotional as anybody at the end. And um, I thought it was one of their, obviously, one of their better games defensively. So I would say he is totally bought in and is being a good soldier and and, and fulfilling his obligations to the program, which is what any professional coach. Uh, should do so. I would be proud of Coach D'Onofrio in that regard. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And now let's go to the eight five zero where you are now live. I'm live. How you doing tonight? Hello. Yes, sir. That's you. Hey, it's Omar. Hey, what's up, Omar? Talk to us. Not too much, man. Uh, just I'm gonna keep it short. Um, getting back to the game, I have everything. You know, I'm I was happy how them boys played out there, the intensity, and you know, it was a close game. I think the referees played a part in it more than you know before with the last play of the game because it was a lot of questionable penalties that was being called, but. One thing that I criticize, and it keeps eating me up, because I see it every game. Why is their freshman? Why is their freshman still playing on special teams? 
every every time a penalty, every time a player is called back for a touchdown, it's because a freshman of a freshman screwed up. I totally agree with you. <laughs> I, uh, I agree. I, like, Kager, Those kids aren't ready to be Kager out there. Last, it, it was Kajo, but the game before this went, and now it was um uh who it was pushing the back. You said it earlier. Red I forgot the guy that. It was Red Wine. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a great and, athlete, and he's gonna, and he's going to be a good football player. Yeah, but he's but not ready to. He's be. not ready for it. Yeah, he's not ready. AC special teams. I think what Golden was getting with was doing with these players was calling them to play special team. You know, saying they're going to get playing time, and then feel like special team is like give them playing time, but not really getting playing time. So they feel like they, you know, really doing something, but. It's screwing us up. It, it's it's been screwing us up because you get those guys out there and they don't know what they. It's like they not they don't know yet. You know, it's like they still trying to keep up with the game and and they making mistakes and it's critical ones because the same two. I think two. Um, what's the guy ran the back? Uh, that ran the touchdown back. Cornell. I think the uh yeah Cornell. He had two two. He had two. Uh, touchdowns brought back by freshmen that uh the games before. You know the two he ran back, it was called the freshmen messing up on the field. So it's like I be it, it, it really just it, it just makes me just scratch my head like why they keep putting these guys out there? They're not ready. But going on my next uh question, did you see the video uh Coach D um when they was talking, the guy asked him about the energy level of the players from last game. And he kind of – I feel like he was taking – he was trying to take up for for Al with his comment, with his response, because he was like, well, I, they, they they bring energy every game, you know. I've been seeing this – they've been doing this the whole season, I think he said, something like that. And I'm like, what? What have you been watching? Like – it's not. It hasn't been the same energy, but I, I just took that as him trying to, you know, say that ain't much change since, you know, he's trying to t- stick up for us, his guy, with that question. Of course he's um, going to stick up. That's his best friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just looked at that. I, I just found that one funny. And one another question. Uh, do you think Kyle would be back for this game? He was at practice today. He has not been cleared for contact yet, but I gotta believe that he will be this week and, and and that he'll be the starting quarterback Saturday. Yeah, I think we we need him back. I, I uh, the backup he did he did a great job compared to Clemson. You know he did a great job. I think he was like ten ten for twelve. You know uh, before at at some point in the game or whatnot. So he did a great management part. I would say, but uh, I'm ready for Kyrie to come back. We we definitely need him, and I think that's that's about it. I, I just like to see the, how these boys playing, and you know, I like the, how he telling them to play free. You know, keep telling these boys to play free, and I think that that's something that inspiring them to you know just go out there. And I love to switch up. I don't know how it happened, but those 17 tackles that Grace made. Like it's some change ups that they did that just helped them out. Really did. It really did. But well, you know, um, he, he, he's he's more in the middle of the action. You know, he's playing in the middle of the field. And yeah, you know, yeah. a, a little bit more and and just the yeah, style. I that, just that, pray. I just pray this boy make it to the end of the season because I know he's nicked up. 
I know he's not healthy as he say he is, and he's been out there because you know he's like the best, he's our best linebacker. So it's like he he trying to take on that role and that leadership role and trying to tell the guys to follow me, you know, type thing. But I can see I know he's not that healthy as he's you know even though he put up 17 tackles, he's not that healthy, and I I hope he make it through the season. Uh, I mean falls, he's. He's oh, an undersized God. linebacker. Okay. How the heck? How the heck is he supposed to be healthy at this point in the year? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, I, that's all I wanted to say, man. I'm just listening to the show. I ain't gonna keep you up, man. Just keep me on hold. Got it, man. Thank you for being part of it, and uh, give us a call next week. Let's go out to the 404. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. It's your boy, Uki08, man. What's up, Uki? How you doing this week? I'm all right, man. I'm good. You know, I just want to talk a little bit about coaching search. Um, yeah, uh, You know, a lot of people throwing names out there. You know, I, I think we have a kind of a closed-minded fan base when it comes to the coaching search because everybody feels like they got to have South Florida ties or coached here at one point or relate to the players and all this blah, blah, blah crap. When we look at all these coaches out here that have no ties that are winning, that have exactly no ties to the program that they're at other than Harbaugh, I just want this time, I just want to coach. We get coaches that can go buy the groceries all the time. They can recruit. They can do this. We've been We've been going through that for the past three coaches or whatever. I just hope that we get a coach that actually can go buy the groceries and cook the dinner. I'm tired <laughs> of substituting quality for quantity. And that seems like everybody wants to continue to do that, especially if you're talking about hiring Mario Cristobal. I mean, yeah, he's a great recruiter, but what, in, what does anything about him that says he knows about developing talent? Nothing at all. He, if he couldn't recruit at Alabama, trust me, he wouldn't be there. So my whole, my whole thing is, you know, Everybody's yelling, oh, we want this, we want that, we want Butch. I mean, Butch is cool. Butch, is, Butch has a history of, you know, evaluating good talent, bringing in good staff. But, I mean, people want to talk about people's uh, lack of success at different programs. People brought up the, you know, what, what, was, what did Butch do at North Carolina? He didn't do nothing. Yeah, he had a whole bunch of guys that went to the NFL. No, well, that's, re- that's really not true. I mean, he, he, he really did a pretty good job of, of – you know, stocking that. Ball. Yeah, I get what you're. I get what you're saying. Compared to what North Carolina's used to, yeah, he did a heck of a job. I mean, they you had a I'm great talking? loss last year. There, it, what happened was but, but that Gary, that's what. But Gary, that, that goes back. To, but Gary, that goes back to my point. People want to talk about the yes, the talent was there, but we're talking about winning. We just fired a guy because he didn't win. Which didn't win enough to me at North Carolina. He didn't win much when he was at. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. I mean, if, if you want to, let me put it this way: if you want to knock Butch, then you're very fair in your comments. No, he didn't win more than eight that's games. That's what I'm saying because because he was not a very good game day coach. That was the knock on him. So my whole thing is, if we bring him back, if we were so happy to bring him back, are people ready to go through that again? That's what I'm saying. Like everybody thinks, if we hire Butch, that's automatically that's going to bring us back to glory. But what if we bring him back and it doesn't and it doesn't doesn't work? I mean, we're the only fan base. We're the only fan base right now. That's that's what I'm saying. We're the only fan base that's banging down his door. I mean, maybe UCF might go out, may take a run at him, but that's UCF. We're Miami. 
and we're the only and we're and we're, we're the only fam um me like a major program that's looking for a new co- for a new coach right now that's Colin Bush Davis for something that happened maybe 15 years ago and to be fair he did yeah he put that team together that O2 team but he didn't coach it you know what i mean it was Larry Coker uh and the rest of that staff Bush Butch wasn't here. I mean, you can say, oh, yeah, if he was here, he would have won, but we don't know that. So my whole thing is people, you know, need to kind of open their minds and not just say Butch, 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 because we might get what we asked for, but we might not like the end results. That's my whole that's, – that's my whole thing. Butch right now is commentating for ESPN. He's not coaching. And we're the only people that are begging for him to come. I just want somebody that can put a staff together, a quality staff together, evaluate talent, and can develop it. I could care less if he's from South Florida, he's played at Miami. I don't care where he's came from. The dude that's coaching at Florida right now has no ties from, from at Florida, but he's winning with must-champs talent, period. Well, you know, like I like I said earlier, right now, while you would have to call Butch the leading candidate, and I, as I noted, boosters are lined up behind him, fans are lined up behind him, former players are lined up behind him. I, I still don't think this search is over, and and I think a lot's going to depend on who else comes to the forefront, as it should, as it should. I mean, it should be a legitimate search. They should evaluate the candidates they have in front of them, and if Butch stacks up number one. I don't think too many people would have a problem with that. But if he's not, then I think they got to get over the fact that he wasn't and and embrace the new coach. Because if somebody uh, is going to outshine Butch Davis in this search, they're going to be a pretty darn good coach. And and you brought up Mark Rick. If Mark Rick is canned at the end of the year, I think he will probably – part ways with coaching and him and his wife will go and do what they're known for doing and, and that's uh ministering around the country. You might be right. But because he's made plenty of money. I, he doesn't need yeah, it. He's made plenty of money. The only job that I can see him actually going to to coach somewhere else and I which I'm it's not gonna happen would be Florida State. If the Florida State job all of a sudden came open. But other than that, I doubt I doubt this is his last stint He's leaving. He'll do ministering, and he's he's not a Miami guy. Him and his wife, they're family. You know, they're very family oriented. They they love the that the 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 thought of being in the small country suburbs like a Athens or Tallahassee or something like that. There's no way they're moving to Miami. I don't think so. I totally agree. All right. Man. All right. Thank anything you, else tonight? I'll let you, man. you got it, man. Uh, that's give it. us right. give us a call next week. All right, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 850. The 850. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing tonight, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Travis up here in Tallahassee. Hey, what's Just up, Travis? To say it's a good week to be a, a Miami Hurricane, you know, after that game. Except for all the hate on ESPN. Every time I turn on a college football something or other, man, it's just – they're just talking us, bashing us, uh, Adrian Allison or whatever, and Heather Dinich, man. Them, them chicks got to get off the ACC uh, blogosphere. You know, they got to be moved to a different conference because they've never liked us, and now it's just pure hate. <laughs> but uh, my one of my main questions is, when what, what happened to make this fundamental change? Because, you know, before Al Golden even got fired, we had numerous conversations that even if Al Golden was fired, 
that there would be no chance that Butch Davis, or a very slim chance that he would even be considered for the job. What what happened in the last week that made you know boosters start rallying behind him? Is it just the fan support and they want to get on the bandwagon, or or what's really going on? I don't know, but he just has an incredible amount of support. I mean, I, I'm sh- I'm a little shocked by it. I mean, I, I I like Butch. I mean, I I think he's a great candidate. But did I expect him to get seventy percent of the fan vote? Did I expect you know every prominent booster to or well, I shouldn't say every, but did I did I expect a lot of the prominent boosters to line up in his camp the way they are? No. I mean, it, it, I, I think it's absolutely amazing, but I think it's so overwhelming that it's going to be very difficult for the university to ignore it. Uh, and I think he has a very good chance to end up with the job. And you think if it is him, it's going to be sooner rather than later, and definitely not an at-the-end-of-season thing? or Well, I mean, to go a month, and then name him to me would be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I mean, I think you got to make your Butch Davis decision pretty soon. I mean, it just makes no sense to to do anything different. And I gotta I gotta hope that that they would be looking at it the same way. Right. And can you sell Mario Cristobal for me over Butch Davis? I'm not even the biggest Butch Davis fan personally. I think that. If he was hired after you know these last couple of years, um, being in commentating and all that, being able to watch and, and see who the hot um, coordinators are out there, I think he would build a tremendous staff. And we all know he can recruit and evaluate, evaluate and develop players. But what does Mario Cristobal, other than recruiting of South Florida, have that even remotely compares to a Butch Davis or an experienced coach, for that matter, that we might be looking at? I think one of the things. Cool. I think one of the things <laughs> that you have to look. Want to puke every time well, I hear Mario I, no, no, come on. I mean, you know, face value Mario by himself. I get what you're saying. I, I think the question would be, who else does he bring into the table with him? You know, I, I think he's got to come in with a pretty powerful plan, and I think he, you know, he's got to have a pretty good lineup of coaches that are going to come in with him to justify that hire. And and I'm sure he understands that. You know, I don't think he's you know matching himself one-on-one against Butch Davis and saying, I'm going to win, you know, I, I should win. But I but I do think that it's not inconceivable that he could put together a, an overall plan uh, that includes several very good coaches and present that to the Blake James and the committee who, who, who's supporting him and be a very viable candidate. Okay. Is uh, this search, you say that, you know, that, of course we want to get it done sooner rather than later. What about uh, the Pagano situation? Somebody or somebody like that that's in the NFL, are they even, is that even a consideration of waiting that well, long before they can yeah, start interviewing somebody? It's a consideration because that's the purpose of, you know, having those feelers out there and having that search firm and, and letting it be known that you're open to people telling you that they're interested in the job. And if Chuck Pagano ends up being one of them, um, then you have to decide, is he one of my, is he one of my top guys? And if, if he is, then you wait. Uh, okay. So that, that's how that situation would work. You know, you're not going to wait unless he's really your guy. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you could do, you could do all your preliminary work and everything and make it, is this guy one of my top two? I mean, you're not going to wait if he's not one of your top two. If he's not somebody you really, really want, there's no reason to wait that long. 
Right. And, um, you know, you've mentioned it a couple times, but uh, could you throw out a, a couple left fielders, man? Because, you know, we all know the Herman and the Fuente, and, you know, we're all pretty sure that's not going to happen, you know, because of inexperience. But who are some of the other ones? And you said uh, D'Antonio a couple weeks ago. I'm not too thrilled about that one, but is there – Well, I mean, it, that kind of guy, you know, think? Tommy Tuberville would be one that would come to mind. I'm sure yeah. he's going to apply. Uh, you know, I mean, he, 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 I'd throw him out. I mean, there's going to be guys, I mean, just look around the country at some of the, you know, upper echelon coaches. And I'm going to try to go right now and pull my, uh, I'll pull my coaching list. I know a lot of people say Gary Patterson. How do you, how do you feel about that one? That type of guy? Yes. Do I think that, that he is, is going to want be interested? Not necessarily, but that type of guy, absolutely. Uh, you know, he, he's been at TCU, uh, done a phenomenal job there, and might feel, hey, I have a better chance to win a national title at Miami than I do at TCU. And, you know, I don't think it's going to happen with him, but I'm just saying, you know, that that's the type of guy that might be interested. I mean, when you look down the list of coaches, you know, the guys that are making – four or five million a year, they're not going to be interested in in, in this job. You've got to go down to the next tier. Um, and even like a guy like Gary Patterson, he's making just under four million at TCU. Uh, he doesn't figure to be a candidate for the Miami job. But the type of guys that might express interest, you know, maybe a Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, um, you know, maybe a Butch Jones who's at, who's at Tennessee, but I think he might get the Virginia Tech job. Um, Oh, okay. You know, guys um, like, see, I was guys, thinking that like, uh, Rich like Rod would be Peterson, uh, Virginia Tech. A, a, you know, um, just throwing, you know, Rich Rodriguez is an obvious guy who might express interest. Um, well, see, I personally think he would be the perfect, you know, other than the you know, Butch Davis type person. Uh, the only thing that I could, and all the callers after me are going to hate on me for it, I can agree his three three five sucks. You know, so if you could get like a Bud Foster as his uh, – defensive coordinator or something like that. But I think Rich Rod would kill it here. The thing that I, I tend to notice, though, is it seems like he's lost a little bit of passion from West Virginia to Arizona. And I don't know mm-hmm. if Miami would reignite that and, you know, why it happened. Like, did Michigan just kill yeah. him or and, something like that? You know, that, that's or? the thing. If, if you're sitting there and you're weighing Rich Rodriguez against Butch Davis, you know, do you pick Rich Rodriguez? I mean, I don't know, you know. When you've got Butch Davis, one of my favorite all-time coaches is Rich Rodriguez. I've loved his offense and Steve Slayton and Pat White back in the day. I mean, it was just perfection to me. And to see that run with South Florida talent, I think it it, it would just be unstoppable. The question is the defense, the three-three-five, and he is attached to the hit to that uh, Castile guy or whatever his name is. So, I mean, that, that's my only qualm with him is that defense, you know. But and from what I understand, South Florida high schools play a lot of three three five, so it would be an easy transition for the for the the athletes. But all right, well, thank you, Gary. I, I appreciate you having me on the show. All right, man. Thanks for being part of it. All right. All right, guys, I'm going to take a moment here and talk about our sponsor for tonight, SeatGeek. And uh, the NFL season is obviously uh, at its, about its midway point. The NBA season's kicking off. Uh, you got hockey going on around the country. And uh, everybody who's in a major market has a lot of choices during the week for sporting events. And 
you probably need to find yourself some tickets. And if you need tickets to any sporting event anywhere around the country, uh, there's no better place to get your tickets than through SeatGeek. And uh, our listeners to Kane Sport Live can use the promo code Kane, C-A-N-E, in the SeatGeek app and get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase for any sporting event out there. It'll take less than a minute. You download the app. You go find your ticket. You enter the code name Kane, C-A-N-E, and you get 20 bucks off your first purchase through SeatGeek. SeatGeek does a ton of things that other ticketing sites don't. For starters, SeatGeek pulls in ticket options from hundreds of online ticket sellers to create a one-stop shop for tickets. When you shop on SeatGeek, you're seeing virtually every ticket option available for that game all on one page. No need to go anywhere else. They also have this great feature called Deal Score, where they rank every ticket on the market with a 1 to 100 value score, and that plots the best deals on a color-coded interactive map for you so you can easily identify the best ticket values in the building at a glance. Finally, SeatGeek's mobile app makes the ticket-buying process seamless and easy. No more typing squiggly little letters that you can't read into a box like other sites make you do. On SeatGeek, you store your credit card, and once you find a ticket that you want to buy, you can complete the purchase with just two quick taps. There's no faster way in the world to buy tickets to the sporting events that you want to go to. So to redeem your promo code and save $20 on your next ticket purchase, download the free SeatGeek app today, enter the promo code Kane, C-A-N-E, in the app, and SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase. Every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is backed by a 100% guarantee. So go download the free SeatGeek app and enter the promo code Kane today and save the next time you go to a sporting event. All right, continuing on with the show, uh, the number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go out to the 754. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Good afternoon, Gary. I mean, good evening, Gary. How you feeling? I'm doing good. Who's this? This is Jerome, man. Uh, I, I call you several times, you know, during, during the week. I tell you, I look, I look forward to Kane Sport every every Tuesday night, man. I think it's just a great thing the way you, you know, you open up a forum for the fans to speak and uh, so many passionate fans to see them, you know, listen to the caller from so many different area codes. You know, it just it, 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 it's just mind boggling, man. Well, you it know, the, the, the Kane the Kane's Nation is very far reaching and and you know, I'm just so happy that we're able to do this for everybody and because I see. To be honest with you, I, you know, as I go around the country to all the games and things like that, uh, I'm constantly being approached by people that are listening to the show every Tuesday night, and we have thousands of people right now that are that are on with us listening to the show and participating, and, and people, it, it just becomes a fixture in their lives, and, and I'm just happy that we're able to do it and bring everybody together, and uh, I'm glad that you like it too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey Gary, I, I'm... I'm for Butch Davis myself. Don't, don't get me wrong. I know somebody can come out of left field like we spoke last week, and you know the possibility of that happening. You know can can you know it can it can happen also. But uh, uh, it it got to be somebody to me who you know who can get it done. Somebody who's familiar, and and Butch seemed to have that. Uh, you know I'm overlooking his age because he seemed to have a a fire of uh, unfinished business here. I think you see that seemed to be his motive, 
And uh, if you know if he could get the job and and some young staff with him that aggressive, uh, you know, and you know they pay the money to this staff, quality people. It, it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I think it, it could be very interesting. And you know, uh, when you look at Clemson, and I heard uh, Dr. Lou a couple of years commented on FSU team. He was saying FSU's team built like an SEC team, and you can pretty much say the same thing about Clemson looking at them right now. But you know what? With Bush Davis, we'll get a guy who will beat a SEC team. That's what he that's what was his last victory when he was here in the Sugar Bowl over over uh over 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 University of Florida and he left enough talent to carry over for a couple of years later to go up there in Gamefield and beat them even worse than we beat him in the in the Sugar Bowl. So I I I look for him to bring his uh his eye for talent. It's just impeccable and that's what we need we need to increase it it's not cut it, it the cover isn't bare like it was in 95 when he came here after erickson left it's we're in we're in uh better shape uh talent wise but he will add so much more on to it and uh you know and 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 complete uh you know we can be back to that juggernaut stage again which is uh i'm pretty sure all my fellow Kane fans are what we all are hoping for and what we believe can happen again. Um, and, and also, uh, you know, this national hate, you know, it, it's cool with me because it was there all along, you know, but it's funny, Gary, when we're mediocre by our own standard and we still have the national media still talking about us and stuff, it just goes to show it contradicts those who say Miami isn't, uh, an important job, or it isn't as important. It's still just as powerful as it was in any other time, Gary. Just as you listen to him talk, listen to him talk. There's this one play here, like you say, the, the NC two eight. I mean, the ACC dropped the ball on this thing. They sent a, a bad signal to the national media by not, you know, by saying it was that one play. Instead of saying that overall body of work that night, those referees did on you know on, on all the, the entire game. Instead of just that one play, and that's what and you know you know most of these people didn't watch the whole game, so therefore that's that's what they're gonna go by just that one play. They saw that one play and they saw the green and orange. Say, so, uh-uh, no way, taken away from them. You know that's what, that's how far they go. And it's funny, Gary. It actually makes me laugh. The Paul Feinbaum. The, the the, the uh, Mark Mays and whoever who else you know go on carry on like that it's okay it's I, I'm I can live with it if you want to you know be that way but it also shows something Jerry that we're in the back of their minds and it, and it, it, it takes a special coach, coach to bring us back to the forefront of their mind where they what they may be uh you know where where they have so much uh what should I say. Uh, a hate for us that can surface more even, you know, nationally as we get better as we go along. Hopefully this is what he brings to the table again to us. Well, you, you know what I would like to see? I would like to see a decision on Butch Davis. You know, uh, the university has the right to hire whoever they want, and I understand the search and, and the whole thing. But this whole Butch thing has taken on a life of its own. And to me, it's not fair to the other candidates. It's not fair to potential candidates. If Butch Davis is the guy, I would like to see them make that decision. Nothing is changing yeah. as it pertains to Butch Davis next week, the week after, the week after that. I would like to see them make a decision on Butch Davis. He's made it I obvious. He, he wants the job. People have lined up behind him. That's not going to change. 
you know, make a decision. And if 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 that means that there's going to be that he's not going to get it, and the search is going to go on, at least everybody will know that. Um, I I don't think that it's going to be easy to conduct the proper kind of search with all this Butch Davis buzz taking place simultaneously. And, 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 and Gary, by the same token, that it's going to be hard for them to, you know, do, you know, to release them, you know, to, you know, to, uh, basically, uh, not to consider, you know, to, to, to dispel the, the, uh, him from out, you know, kick kick him out of the running for the job. It's going to be very hard for them to do. Yeah, that but don't but because, don't leave him in there for a month if he's not going to get the job. Yeah, you know, if, yeah, if you yeah. if if you just don't want to go in that direction, say, look, you know, we just don't think this is the right direction for the program. Butch, thank you for being interested, and then let's get on with the search. Be, you know, be, I just I just think it's it's becoming. It's it's becoming too much, and and if he's going to get the job, there's no reason to wait and wait and wait. Yeah, you're right. I agree with you on that on on that also. But Gary, the, the other candidates to me, I, you know, say for instance the the Herman guy, you know, he just he haven't done a year. I, you know, I like Mario uh, Gary, but it's it just that I wish he had taken that Pittsburgh job to give me a better barometer of him as a coach on this on on this level. I mean, well, I they all have plus, yeah, they all have pluses and minuses. That's his minus. Is he seasoned yeah. enough as a head coach? Yeah, yeah, I like Can I like him. But, roll that roll that dice. Yeah, his passion yeah. uh, is unquestioned. Uh, he would live and die for the program. That's unquestioned. Nobody would outwork him. All those things are unquestioned. He understands he needs a good coaching staff. I think he would bring one in. The concern that I have heard that they have is, is he seasoned enough as a head coach at for Miami to make this move at this point in time? And, you know, I think that that might be what's keeping him from being on an even playing field right now with Butch yeah, in, because, in every spot. Yeah, because I feel that the game day thing that was rumored that was on Butch, I think Butch lifted that off his head and, and gotten that out the way. I think he is a game day coach now. We just came. Out, I don't think we can afford to to to, to hire a coach that uh, don't have the, you know, that we're not sure about. It, you know, doesn't have enough. Like you say, that season. This is a very pit, uh, hire. We got to we got to yes. make a uh, this, the fran- this hire the franchise go right. is on the line. The the franchise is on the line with this hire. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a crossroad. We gotta. We have to have a guy who who can. Handling it can't be no if ands and buts. We can't we can't be having this guy coming here saying, "Well, he got to get better as a game day coach and all that." We just did that with Golden, you know. Yeah, so, talking so, about eleven know, years so. of irrelevance, eleven years away from the from the limelight, the big game, and you know, think about it. You're recruiting seventeen year old kids. They were five and six year olds the last time Miami was playing meaningful football games in college football. You can't go another yeah. five. You, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you cannot go another five, and 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 this this hire, the this is the whole franchise here on the line. Yeah, yeah. Hey Gary, man, just put me on hold, man. Thank you so much for the great work that you're doing with Kane Sports, man. We love you, man, and just just keep it up, Gary, because you know I, I I just enjoy talking, you know, to Kane football and listen to all the other fans too, because they bring such strong passion. You know, I might not agree with them all, but hey, they in the Kane Nation, and I consider my brothers and my sisters. Thanks, man. And as always, thanks for being part of the show. 
All right, let's go out to the 845. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, Gary, Greg. Hey, what's up, Greg? How you doing this week? Good, good. Uh, uh, I want to talk about uh, the game, first of all. Um, how many times do we have to get illegal participation penalties in one game? We can't get guys off the field in time. It, it's crazy. I mean, guys Duke was, are never lined Duke was, up. It's it's unreal. Duke was uh, moving pretty quick. Now they ran, I think, ninety, uh, you know, ninety plays in that game. Okay, on the last two drives where they gave up touchdowns, why don't we have our four best pass rushes, Jermaine Grace and sixty backs out there, and Blitz once in a while. You don't let them sit back there. On a fourth and seven, they go into a zone defense. Does that make any sense to you, Gary? <laughs> Look, we've 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 been seeing things that don't make sense for for a few years now. I mean, it, that that's kind of like kind of like an old story, you know? Right. Yeah, we've been seeing it since the first game. Our golden coach against Maryland playing 10 yards off the receivers and getting beat on bubble screens the whole game. It's it's ridiculous. And one point you've been making, you made last year, that they needed to bring in somebody as a, as a new voice on defense. You see what Larry Fedora has done at, at Carolina? He brought in Gene Chizik. Yep. Defense is, is good this year. It, it's so he cooked his own goose by not making a move like that. Yep. Yeah. No, no, you know how much I was yelling and screaming right. that, that's, that that's what. Uh... Now, I just want to talk about the Coastal Division. I think our only route to the Coastal Division, obviously we have to sweep the rest of the games, but we need uh, North Carolina to beat Duke this week and hope that NC State can beat North Carolina because that's a big rivalry game, and Miami could win the Coastal if they win out. you agree with that? Yeah, but, I mean, you know, these other teams all have to have two losses. Right, they all will, because yeah. if we beat Pitt, they'll have two, Carolina will have two, and Duke will have two. So then they'll win the Coastal. Yep. So that's our only hope. And uh, by the way, we were talking about recruiting before. I hope they lock D'Onofrio in a closet when it comes to recruiting, because he can be nothing but a detriment to recruiting at this point. He won't be involved in that. All right. Um, all right. So, uh, oh, by the way, are you on the sideline during the game? Um, usually before the game and, and, and then I, I go, I like to go upstairs so I can watch the TV replays and stuff. I'll usually go down for like the last half of the fourth quarter. Okay. So you were down there for that play? Yep. I was standing right there laughing my butt off. <laughs> Never in a million years did I think that was going for a touchdown. And you got to understand it, it took 40, about 46 seconds. I'd say for the first 25 seconds, I was just sitting there cracking up. <laughs> I thought it was so funny the way they were throwing the ball around and, and side to side. And then, then all of a sudden it was like, it got in Cornell's hands. And I looked and there was nobody, you know, they only had a couple guys to beat. I was like, holy cow. And then I, I couldn't really see through the sideline. So I had to look up at the scoreboard. 
board and watch the rest of it. But it was it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Right. Could you explain to me why that guy even tried to block anybody when Cornell was 20 yards ahead of everyone? That's just dumb. Yeah, it was and dumb. Ray said, I don't know what he's running on the field. What is he doing? He, he doesn't the know line. what he's doing. He's running line. on the field before the play's over. Yeah, they lost their minds, man. You, you had to be there. You wouldn't believe, like, it, that sideline before that kickoff, I, right. I, I, was worried for, I was worried for those kids, man. I'm telling you, they they were done. Those kids had lost it. They, I mean, there's helmets smashing. There's, I mean, I, 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 I mean, they're they're in the referees' faces, and I, I mean, I, it, it was it was bedlam on that sideline before that play, and and I'm telling you, thank God it happened because it it, it let them get get out of there with everybody attacked. Right. Okay. I got one last quick point. Um, Butch Davis, does he still have any real relationships with any high school coaches? Because they're probably diff- obviously a lot of different coaches down here now than they were when he was there. We no, know I mean, Mario he didn't... has all the ties to the high school coaches. No, right no now. question about it, and that's why it can't be Butch. I don't think it could be Butch by himself. I, I don't. I wish somebody would get all these guys in a room seriously. <laughs> and get them all working together because they all bring something different to the table. You know, Butch brings certain things to the table. Mario brings certain things to the table. The, to me, the perfect storm would be Butch and Mario working together. And, you know, I I just wish that, that you know, that somebody would get these guys in a room and, and, and make that happen because, you know, that would be the best thing for the program. Was Cristobal on Butch's staff as a graduate assistant back then? Um, I'm trying to think if it, I I believe it was Coker that when when Crystal Ball was the graduate assistant. Oh, it was okay. All right, yeah. okay. Could you keep me on hold, please? Thank you. Anytime, Craig. Thank you as always for being part of the show. Okay. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Um, let's go out now to. The 985, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? You with us? You there? Yeah, Sorry hey, about you that. there? Yeah, there you go. The, 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 the board was uh, acting up a little bit, but you're all set now. Who's this? Uh, hey, man. Spiker for Life. How you doing? Hey, hey, what's up, man? Talk to us. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> So I'm sitting there watching the play, screaming uh, my head off probably louder than I've ever screamed before in my life. All of a sudden, they get four hard knocks on the door. There's, I open the door. There's two SWAT team members, uh, members of the local police here, and a detective walking up the stairs, wanting to know if there's some kind of disturbance going on in my apartment because <laughs> I was making a scene <laughs> from somebody upstairs. So that, that's just a little kind of little story I wanted to share uh, from from uh, this past Saturday night. Definitely the craziest, probably one of the craziest plays in college football history, if not the craziest play in college football history, from the most atrociously official game in college football history as a whole. Um, none of these people who are talking about that last play and talking about want, needing, wanting uh, Miami to forfeit the game have, have any had any interest in, in that game whatsoever other than that last play. If, 
that there was no touchdown at the end. The pass interference calls down the stretch were pitiful. I could go on and on about uh, about the officials that night and, and the way it's being portrayed in the media is so well. Uh, okay, they missed some some things on that last play. Go back and take a look at the whole body of work. And it's well, that's just, what I said earlier. Nobody watched the whole game. Nobody, nobody. No, but yet they, they're on. They, they, you know, they're on air, screaming and hollering about you know on the Today Show about how how Miami created grand larceny. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, it's just it's 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 just laughable. It's funny, you know. Uh, it, and it goes to show just how scared I think people are on that side of it. I I, I disagree with you. I think people are so scared of Miami becoming the juggernaut that we could be again, because I think in today's day and age you've got so much invested in so many other conferences and and programs that. You know, Miami's just kind of out there in the wind, you know, kind of off. We're off on our own out there, you know, and I, I just I think I think there's something to that. I don't know. What what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I know you probably you said no, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy into all that. You don't buy it? No. Okay. Well, I, I don't I, I you know, I disagree with uh, with one thing. A, ca- a caller earlier made a comment about, you know, the, the kids playing uh, harder. I mean, I do agree with that. But I don't think that's got anything to do with somebody mentioned D'Onofrio, because watching that game just made me wanted him made me want him to go even faster. Uh, look, all this substitution, mass substitution junk that he that, that we've seen for the past five years. You know, it was Larry Scott that lit the fire under the kids, and probably all the stuff that they've gone through the past week. That's what we saw the emotion from. But it was emotion under to me under the same D'Onofrio system that failed that we saw for the past five years. Illegal substitution penalties all over the place because those kids were trying to get from the far half mark across to the other sideline, making you know making their substitutions, you know these mass substitutions on this defense that he's trying to call, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I was screaming at the television every time they every time they tried to pull that off. We must have gotten probably five or six flags on it in the second half. It's just it's pitiful. I mean, it's just pitiful. How can you not look at that on film? At the week after, and say we got to change something. How do you not do that? Well, you know, the the, the first thing I'll say is I I think that because Duke was running so many plays, that there was a concern of guys being tired, and and I, you know I was seeing. I mean, they looked tired at, at, at certain points there in the fourth quarter. Guys like Chad Thomas, Muhammad, they, they were having to rush the passer an incredible number of times. So I think that had something to do with it. But do you think it's? But do you think that it's worse? Do you think uh, what, what's worse? Them being tired and 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 maybe being a little bit you know a little bit uh winded for a play, or, or getting flagged because we can't. I mean, they were substituting five, six, seven guys at a time. I know they you gave know? up a lot of free yards in that game, no doubt about it. I mean, geez. You know, if you can't get off the field, you can't get off the field from the far hash, you know. But that's the that's the kind of pressure that offense puts on defenses, you know. I I guess. I guess so. I mean, you know, as far as far as the coaching search, I think you're right on the money. Look, if we're going to hire Butch Davis, come out and say do we're going to hire Butch Davis. Do if it. What's that? Yeah, do it. Do it in the next week if you're yeah, going to yeah, do it. You can't, you can't say you want to have a search. And then have, as you said, have as much support 
and as much fire and steam behind the Butch Davis thing, how are you gonna how are you gonna have a search? You know, a true search. You know, if you've got that that elephant in the room of uh, okay, we'll get to Butch later, but we want to interview right now. You know, you just I, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, hire hire Butch now. You know, uh, if that's if that's the direction you want to go, like you said, I'd, I'd love for them to get Butch and Dorsey and and uh, and Piano and all these guys in a room and Crystal Ball in a room together and try to get them all work together. That would be insane. Uh, but you know, you gotta you gotta do you gotta make a decision. You know, on Butch uh, now within the next you know week or so, uh, you know, and either do it or let it go and, and move on. I mean, that's just my opinion on it. But um, but just uh, only the other thing I want to say, Gary, was uh, Virginia coming up. You know, with all the with all the uh, all the noise after the Duke game, man, pack sun life. I'm gonna say it again. I, I know I've said it the past couple, couple weeks. Pack sun life, man. Make a statement. Everybody down in South Florida that can get to the game that has the means to go to the game, get out to the stadium. Pack sun life. Show your support for these kids. And Larry Scott still got a chance to win the Coastal. Uh, don't control our destiny, but you never know what could happen in the conference. Who knows? It could be sitting in an ACC championship game at the end of the year. You never know. So, yeah, kid, uh, wouldn't that be great? Play Clemson again? <laughs> hey, hey, look. Uh, I mean, to me, it'd be a different team playing them. Hey, look, you, you, know, you, you mean, definitely want to try. You definitely want to try to get there. I, I totally agree. But I'd be lying to you if I told you I was looking forward to a Clemson, another Clemson Miami game this year. That 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 first one was pretty brutal. Well, you know, hey, you never know, Gary. You know, if if the cut if if the cut it loose, mantra, you know, goes throughout the rest of these games, and you know they start playing with their hair on fire with the type of energy that they play with against Duke, which is more energy than I've seen out of Miami Hurricanes in the past four and a half years. You know, if they play like that, you know, who who knows what could happen? You know, who knows? So we'll see. You got it. All right. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Okay. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. All right, let's go out now to the 786. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? It's Joe. I'm a Bush Davis guy, all right? Everybody want to try to bash Bush Davis in one way or another. First of all, he's going to bring the fans. He's going to get the recruits. Okay, they quit the, the jump on him about North Carolina, right? The one thing about North Carolina, right, he always had a defense, but he just didn't have an offensive match. And think about it, Gary. Go back and look at the film. Go back and look at the tape. Every year, Butch had somebody missing, major players missing off his team. The defense was fine, and yet and still they find a way to be us almost every year with Butch Davis gone. It's like... I was reading it on, on another site. Bruce Davis said he already got a coaching place and staff. And, and, and the room owner, owner. All right, first of all, all right, wait, slow down. You guys are reading too much of people's bullshit, okay? <laughs> I mean, no, he doesn't. I mean, what is, he has said a word. Butch Davis has not said a word. People are speculating that Ken Dorsey might be on his staff. And, he, and yeah, Ken Dorsey might be on his staff. But Butch Davis has not said a word. <laughs> Okay, don't don't consider listen, any of, uh, any of this stuff being thrown around as no, gospel. No, 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 no. I mean, listen, this is the thing. It's not true until you hear it out the horse's mouth. Until it's official. Ain't nothing yeah. official now. But I'm rolling with Bruce Davis over whoever else. Because this is the thing, Gary, you got to know. They calling for you, huh? 
all the all the old coaches, all the old everything. Bring it back home. Bring bring it on back to you. It's, it, it's simple. And everybody always crying about this last play, whatever, whatever. Like they always say, one play don't make beside the game. That's what I always heard. Ain't nobody complaining about those phantom pass interferences and all the other calls they were getting. So, you know, they ain't call, calling about the goal line stand or none of that. It is what it is. Bush Davis, Bush Davis, Mo Bush Davis. You can keep me on hold, Gary. Bush Davis for life. All right. <laughs> you know, I might be crazy, okay, and, and I know everyone's excited and everything, but, like, if they were in that, if Butch gets the job and he announces that Ken Dorsey's his offensive coordinator, I'm going to be a little concerned. I mean, you know, what found, what credentials does Ken Dorsey have to be an offensive coordinator at Miami under Butch Davis, who's a defensive coach? I, I, I you know, I don't know. I mean, I'd be very concerned about a guy that's that hasn't really been a play caller un, under fire to this degree. That that. that you know, I mean, you're sitting here, you've seen how you've had to grow with James Coley the last few years, who was doing it for the first time himself also, you know, and and I, I just, I don't know, I'm not, not as crazy about it as some guys out there. You know, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, we'll see. All right, let's go out to 561. Whoa! Let's go out to 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir, that's you. Just Hey, just Gary, Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Driving through Jacksonville. Crank down that background noise for us if you can. All right, let me see if I can. Hang on one second. What do you want, speakerphone or something? Yeah, I had you on speakerphone. Is that there, better? There you go. Yeah, much better. Go ahead. One quick thing. You got to admit that the play, the return, was good publicity for us. I mean, we've been getting ridiculed by those guys about how we're such a crappy job. Now all they can talk about is a play, and everybody in the country is hearing about this great play. I think it's great that they're making us think about it because it's Great publicity for the school. I agree. I, I mean, everyone's talking about Miami. Between the play and, and the coaching search, Miami is the talk of college football. Yeah. And then the other thing, um, North Carolina versus Michigan State, which 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 job do you think is a better job? Where are you more likely to succeed, North Carolina or Michigan State? Probably Michigan State. All right. Well, Saban only went nine and two one time at Michigan State. The rest of the time, he was his record. If you add it up, is below five hundred. So you can't really fault Butch for what he did at UNC. It's not even as good a job as Michigan State. And Nick Saban didn't do so well. That's one thing I wanted to point out. I'm a Butch supporter, so obviously. Yeah, I agree. And 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 if things didn't fall apart that last year with everything that was going on, they would have been better than an eight win team. They probably um, had they last, probably had ten win talent. Thing I wanted to talk about is you know we've been giving our coaches a hard time for a few years here. I think Coley did an amazing job with Rozier, and I really like we saw the fullback open up the running game for us on in uh, at Duke. And I was wondering if you could comment on that. Whose idea was it to oh. use a fullback? Because all of a sudden we started getting yards on the ground. Yeah, I think it was Coley's idea, and I agree with you. It worked great. Uh, the only thing that I, that I struggle with is they don't really have an identity with their running game. They don't really seem to know what they want to do. Do you want to run the ball with the fullback? Do you want H-backs in there? Uh, and there's just not a lot of consistency to it. But um, I was happy to see the fullback because I, I, I think that that kid is a good fullback. 
and and is a good blocker. And I think he made a difference. And those plays were peeling off seven, eight yards at a, at a clip. And um, I, I've been looking for that all year. So I was happy. Why do you think? We, why do you think we weren't seeing the fullback? And we also ran out of a two tight end set a couple of times and got yards too. Why did we not see that earlier in the season? I can't answer that. I don't know if Coach Golden was dictating that or not. I don't know. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, will, I will say that I will say this. Coach Golden spent a lot of time with the offense. <laughs> he, and you know, yeah, I think that's not a good. Based on what yeah. I saw at uh, North Carolina, I don't think that's a good thing. Then yeah, he, he, I know he spent a lot of time with the offense in in his time, and you know, maybe there were some things he was dictating. You know, I don't know. And then one last question um, related to the defense. It seemed like while we were having the substitution penalties, and I agree that whatever Donofrio was doing there, that was a problem. It seemed like the kids knew their assignments better. It seemed like they simplified it. They had the cornerbacks up on the receivers an awful lot, played man-to-man. They had Bush, as you said, kind of playing a rover and just basically watching the ball and being where the ball is. It seemed like it didn't seem like this scheme that they had where the guys were standing around not sure what they were doing and pointing at one another and saying, hey, that was your guy, wasn't it? Did, am I wrong? Did I see something that nobody else saw? No, you're not wrong. I, I mean, it had a whole different look to what they were doing. Okay. I don't think all right, well, Gary, appreciate, appreciate everything that you do. Go Canes. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, let's go out to the 240. You're live on Kane Sport Live. <clears throat> Good evening. What's going on, Gary? This is uh, D. Black. Hey, what's up, D. Black? How you doing this week? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Welcome um, to the jungle. Right, right. A couple things. Just give me a minute, Gary. A couple things. I ain't going to be long, but I'm definitely going to be strong, like always. Um, About the play call, uh, about, you know, the touchdown, I was happy. And I can give a hell about ESPN, Good Good Day, Good Morning America, any any of the other jackoffs that's on the media because they're mad because we won the game and the referees blew a call. Well, the hell, they they were blowing calls all night. I've never seen a game where a defensive back get three straight passing the fans calls. Two of them, which was phantom calls, and you know. Uh, Jaquan Young blasted the quarterback. That was not a touchdown. But, you know, it's Miami. You know, but I ain't see no one beating the I ain't see no, no one beating the drum for Ohio State to forfeit that national championship or Notre Dame, like a couple other callers said. I, I, I didn't see none of that. I, I didn't see them doing that. Of course they wouldn't. Because, the, the, you know, the big, bad, the big bad bully got beat. And that's what we've been. In college football for so many years, we've been the big bad bully, you know, to come in and kick down your door and, and take your food from you. So, you know, when a call like that in an Ohio State game occurs, you know, no one's going to come to our defense. And just like Saturday night, you know, instead of talking about the play, what, what really got me upset about all these quote unquote media people, you know, like Jason Seahorn, you know, the most overrated cornerback. Probably never played a game. I know it's a little exaggeration, <laughs> but he's but he's overrated. I'm like, what gives you the credibility to be an analyst? You, you know, your football career was subpar. You maybe had one good year, the year y'all went to the Super Bowl, and you were getting and you was getting torched in that game. But I'm not gonna go there. 
what really pissed me off about the media, excuse my friends, Gary, is that if this was if this was any other team, or put like this, if Artie Burns was playing on any other team, let's say Alabama, because that's the darling of college football, they would have raving about how, oh my God, he's playing in this game. He just lost his mother two days ago. They would have been raving about that. That's all they would have been talking about the whole game, after the game. Kudos to Artie Burns. Oh, my God. He's, that's what they would have been talking about, not that play. And shame on them for not giving that young man the just do that he deserved and his brethren that they all went out there and they played a hell of a game. Shame on them for stealing that moment away from him and honoring his mother on that day. Shame on every media person that, that's taken that from him and his teammates. Shame on them for that, Gary. Now, the coaches first. A couple guys earlier, or one guy in particular earlier, you know, I don't need me to say their names, but um, not this time, but next time I'm going to name names. If y'all hip-hop, if y'all know hip-hop, y'all know reverse, y'all know what that's from. Not this time, but next time, I'm going to name names. Um, you know, they talk about the coaching search, and this, and this gentleman kept saying, I want somebody that's gonna, that can recruit. I want somebody that's going to bring in a good staff. I want somebody that could do this. But he doesn't want Butch. But everything, but everything you named has Butch on it. Look at how many people off the Butch coaching staff that got jobs. Look at them. Yeah. You know, you're talking about what he did in North Carolina. What he did in North Carolina was was marvelous. In his last year, he would have had a a ten win. He would have had a ten win team. He had one of the best defenses in the country. And you're talking about recruiting. Well, you made me a coach in college football since nineteen since two thousand. That put together the roster that Bush Davis put together. You made me one that put together a roster where you would have a bona fide Hall of Famer if his life wasn't cut short, the late, great Sean Taylor, and he was sitting in the bench and playing special teams. Or a Kellen Winslow and all the other studs he had sitting in the bench behind them studs that were starting. So Damn. my question to that guy, my question to that to that to that caller, Ukio, I ain't gonna say no name. But um <laughs> Come on. Yeah, <laughs> Uki's a good guy. Come on. <laughs> he, is a, he is a good guy, but he doesn't make any sense. Because then you're gonna say you're gonna say, yeah, Butch recruited that talent, but he didn't coach that team. Well, Coker didn't coach the team either. If you watch the U, they said Coker didn't coach the team. He did absolutely nothing. Butch, that was Butch's talent. And it goes to show you, after those players left, what did Coker do? Nothing. So to, so to, so to, to not get Butch his just due for that 2001 title team is blasphemy. Now, well, I think I don't. I don't think he didn't get his just due. I mean, everybody credits no, no, Butch. No, no, with no, 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 no. I'm saying I'm not saying Butch didn't get his just due. I'm saying your caller made it. Your caller wasn't giving Butch his just due for that 2001 championship because he said Butch didn't coach it. Well, hell, Butch recruited all the talent. 
So if yeah, any caller was dispute, if any caller was to dispute this, you you name me a coach from two thousand to now that recruited the the talent that Bush Davis did. And mind you, all of those wasn't five star players. Ed Reed wasn't a five star. Neither was Santana or Reggie Wayne. We call we talking about player development. Bush developed those players. Remember that. Y'all got to remember that. Bush developed a lot of these guys. You know, and I want the right guy for the job. Am I a Bush guy? Yes, I am. But if he's not the best guy, then he's not the best guy. Whoever we hire that they deem is the best guy, then that's going to be my coach. But if it's going to be Butch, then let's go with it. Let's let's get in the ring and, 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 let's, and, let's, and let's Floyd Mayweather college football again. Let's just, let's do it. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a came through and through, but I'm not gonna sit up here. I'm not gonna call here. I'm not gonna make no excuses. I'm not gonna say, well, you know, Bush didn't do this at North Carolina. Well, hey, guess what? Bush beat Miami when he was at North Carolina every time. And one time we was the fourth ranked team in the country when we went up to North Carolina, and he and, they, and, they, and, and uh, he beat us. So, hey, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. Just like like the other caller said, which was so great because I was gonna I was going to hit on that point. What did Nick Saban do at Michigan State? Nothing. Nothing at all. He he only won one title at LSU, and he still could recruit the players like Bush Davis did. He's doing it now because he got Mario and he's at Alabama and he and they got they got big money. But he didn't do nothing at Michigan State. Look at all the players that listen to say that's coming out against him, like Plastico Burris and all the other stuff. Okay. All right, so, let's take a look. Oh, he went his first year at Michigan State. He went six five and one. Then he went six and six. Then he went seven and five. Then he went six and six. It wasn't until nineteen ninety nine, his last year at Michigan State, that they went nine and two, and that got him the LS. That got him the LSU, the LSU job. job, but it took exactly. him four years at LSU. Also, now he went eight and four, and, ten and three, and eight and five. Exactly, that's my point. In his first year at Alabama, he was like six and something. He was like six and something. And you take put like this: you could take you could take some of his best recruiting classes at Michigan State in LSU, and those players still don't amount to what Butch, to the talent Butch, uh, 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 brought to the University of Miami. So everybody listening, look it up. You can put his Michigan State classes and his LSU classes and put them up against Butch classes in that 2001 team. It doesn't even compare. It doesn't compare. You can get, you can have an all-star team with the Michigan State and, and LSU, and you just put our 2001 team and we'll crush them. Anybody that's saying Butch, the, the game is passable. Or, you know, one guy was like, well, you know, I just want somebody. That can that can bring in a good staff and that can recruit and you're talking about Butch. Butch was the best recruiter we had since Jimmy. Well, I, I like I said earlier, I just I just wish they would decide if he's going to get the job. You know, and, uh, and you're right. And you're I don't right. think they can conduct this a uh, proper search if they don't make a Butch Davis decision. That's exactly, Gary. That's like when you you know if you like a girl, then you go approach her. You ain't gonna you, you ain't gonna just string around and say, Well, let me see if I see somebody else that looks better than her. You know? No. If you like this girl, you gonna you're gonna approach her like a gentleman and you're gonna ask her out. You ain't gonna wait to see if another girl 
uh, walks by to strike, you know, to, to raise your eyebrow. Nah, you're going to go with the one you like. So if Butch is the guy and he has all the support, then bring that man in for an interview, see what he got to say, let him lay lay his case out on the line. And, 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 then make, and then make a decision if you want to go that yeah. direction. That, that's what I would you, do. Yeah, because like what he like he said earlier, Gary, and like what you said earlier, it made a hundred percent. When you said what he raised like a hundred million dollars, you said, you said Bush raised. Yeah, at, at, yeah, dollars? at North Carol at North Carolina, he raised almost a hundred million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Now imagine what he'd do coming back here to Miami. Imagine what he would do coming. Well, he's back. already been meeting with he's already meeting with people and laying groundwork for these types of things. It's it's, it's, it's exactly. So but you know, Gary, not this time. Left. But not this time, but next time, I'm the main man. Keep me on hold, please, Jerry. You got it, man. Hey, thanks for calling. We'll talk to you next week. No problem. All right, D Black always brings it. Let's go out to the 401. You're now live on King's Live. But not this time, but next time, I'm the main You with us, 401? Hey, thanks for calling. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, you can't you can't listen to the show's on delay. If you're gonna be on the phone, you gotta be on the phone. Are you with me? One, one, twice. All right, call back. Uh, let's go to the um, the nine seven three. You're now live on Kane's Live. You with us? Nine seven three. Come on, guys, let's be sharp. Let's go out to the nine five four now. You're now live on Kane's Sport Live. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? This is uh, Phil Coelho, a long-time Hurricanes fan. Ten years old, Doug McGee, Notre Dame, 0-0. Zero zero. Ten years <laughs> going to the Orange Bowl without losing a game. So I've been ran the whole the whole thing. I mean, the question I want to ask, can the new coach, can he fire one of the coordinators now? Who, who, has, who has the right to do that? Well, he has the right, but he's not going to do it. You know, I mean, who, who? Why would he do that? They got to finish out the year. That those systems are in place. It makes no sense to to fire those guys right now. Well, I tell you what. I know you you already said this, but Denofrio, the guy hasn't a clue. I'm telling you, I know football, they, but they don't have anybody he else to go defense. three minutes ago, he does what we lost every game. He goes to his friggin' prevent defense. You don't you don't cover zone when you're in the other person's when they're on your twenty yard line. Is, are you kidding me? Watch the game and you'll see the Duke receivers. Two of them went out on the passes, and when all they did is split right in the middle of the zone and they hit them every time. That's when you friggin' you watch any other college team. What are they doing there? They're sending the house, baby. You watch any major college. They don't send four guys. The game's over. You don't give the quarterback time to throw the football. The object is to get him so he doesn't have time. So that's this guy hasn't a clue, and it does mean something because if he still keeps doing it, coordinating, we're not going to win the games. I'm telling you, there's nobody you, else to do it. The they don't. Thing. They don't have anybody else to do it. They don't have anybody else to do it. Who are all the other defensive coaches? Uh, Randy Early Melvin, Br- the defensive line coach. Early. Early Brown, the linebacker coach. Paul Williams, the DB coach. None of those guys has any type of coordinator experience, right? Wasn't Randy never, Melvin, Melvin never, in the pros? Yeah, but he's not. A, he's never been a coordinator. Yeah, but come on, man. It's, it's not know? really that hard. It really isn't. <laughs> well, obviously, like that, it is pretty like, hard. Like that one player said, they're still back looking at the line, 
to see what play is going to be. And Georgia uh, Duke is snapping the ball. And we don't even have our guys in position. That happened too all night long. I mean, come on, man. It's, that's basic. I could go down there and coach the defense. I could do it. I'm telling you. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's basic football. You don't play zone when the, you're on the other team. When they're on your 20-yard line, they're going to be short passes. You don't play zone. You play man-to-man. You rush a linebacker, extra linebacker, a safety from the outside. He did none of that. He choked again. Two, three minutes left. He laid on scored two touchdowns as he went back. The same crap he always does. Rush four guys and play zone defense. Now, come on. That guy, if he's a genius, then I'm a friggin' total genius because that guy doesn't have a clue. And I can't believe none of those guys there could not run that. You just tell them what defense you're in. They got to know. They can't be, they can't be on a football team not know that. I'm a, I'm a guy that's just a person that's watched UN for 55 years, and I can call better defense than this guy. I, I, know, I know when you're down at the 20-yard line, I'm standing in the friggin' house. I'm not playing zone defense. You play man-to-man, man. How do you play zone defense when you're at the 20-yard line? They're on your 20. Come on. That's basic. You don't have to be a genius to do that. So how can you say none of those other guys can't do that? I'm just telling you, they don't have anybody. Uh, they have nobody else to do it. All right, what else you got? Well, no, that's all I got. I just wish I was wondering if you could get rid of him because he. Yeah, I'm not. I'm guys. not knocking what you're saying. I'm just telling you, they have nobody else to call the defense. God, I just can't believe nobody else couldn't call a defense. I could go down there and call a defense. <laughs> just for me watching football for 55 years since I was 10 years old, and I could call it. You don't have to be. It's not a genius thing. Believe me, it's not. <laughs> I mean, All right, you got anything else for? No, that's it. I mean, I just can't believe, you know, that, that nobody else can do the defense. We're, and that's why we're really yeah. bad. That's shit. reality. Other coaches then aren't worth anything. They can't run a defense? Well, not everybody can close? be a coordinator now. It's a whole different deal. you you got to organize game plans. you got to be able to call the game uh, in the, the, the heat of the battle. I mean, it's not the easiest thing in the world. That's why those guys – why do you think they make five, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars $800,000? It's a hard job. All right, man. Hey, well, thanks for being – It's a hard job for people that don't know what they're doing. Like <laughs> All right. All right, man. It's hey, not thanks a hard for being... job for good teams that have good defenses and run what you're supposed to run. That ain't hard. That ain't hard to to be blitzing and playing instead of playing zone. On a, they're on your twenty yard line. They send out two receivers and they cut right in the middle of the zone and catch it every time. Come on, man. That's, you know you don't need to be a genius to do that. All right, goes, fair enough. All right, man. You call man to man. I'm sending one linebacker and one safety. Boom, send them. He rushes four guys and a Duke guy sat there and picked them apart. Two touchdowns in three minutes playing the same crap he does. When he, he chokes up, when it's big time, he chokes up and goes back to that same garbage that he's been doing, and that's why we've been losing. And if he still keeps doing it, we're going to keep losing. And I sure right, hope well, somebody – I hope that yep. coach says, you know what, go – let's just put Melvin, anybody in there. I, I can't believe they can't coach. I could go you only got a back. few more games to, 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 to survive watching it. So yeah. it'll, uh, then it'll, it'll be It just frustrates you so much because I watch <laughs> football. And I, All right, man. Hey. I'm making five hundred thousand dollars, and I know more than he does. Come on, <laughs> he calls, he does stuff like that, and imbecile stuff like that. 
All right, we got oh, you. You know that's we, true. You know that's we true. Got you, you, we got you. We got you. We got you. Uh, hey, listen, I got to turn you. I got to. I got to stop you. We got to go. We got to move on. But thank, thank, right. thank you. Uh, part of the show. It, all right, uh, have, 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 have a great night. <laughs> I mean, you know, he makes a good point. I mean, if you're going to pay a guy five, six hundred thousand, he should definitely be a little smarter than the people uh, watching. No doubt about it. All right, let's go out to the six, seven, eight. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, what's going on? Oh man, we're just having a, <laughs> having a fun time here today. <laughs> hey, this game is junky, man. Hey, look, I'm real quick with this, man. I mean, when, when when people post all the time about the administration, this is what we're talking about. Like, if you're committed to winning, common sense—that's the least amount of thinking we have to do, right? Okay. The last time Miami was relevant was what? Oh four. Okay. The last time we were relevant, hmm, who had something to do with that? I mean, we want to take shots in the dark with uh, Herman, a great job that he's doing. That's a great story. Talk about it with on ESPN. What the man doing in Memphis, uh, Fuente, great story. Talk about it at ESPN. But what Miami needs to be talking about right now is when were we relevant last? Oh four. Hmm. Who has something to do with that? Least you asking me? We have to do. Are you, you asking Least me, or are you going to tell us? Because obviously we know the answer. Exactly. Everyone but Butch, knows but, but it really wasn't oh four. Butch, Butch left. In, Butch left after the two thousand season. But his team, the people he recruited, didn't leave till after the oh four season. Correct, but I, so, but I mean, the the heart of his team was oh one oh two. You know. No, the hard Sean Teller and Winslow and all them guys left in '04. No, no, I understand, but, but they all were there in 2001, 2002, is what I'm saying. All right, but see, Edger and James and Reggie Wayne and Bubba Franks and and, and Dan Moore. We lose you. Before them. Oh, there and you then are. he goes to North Carolina. So you're talking about in a matter of what he coached here for five years with North Carolina for what four or five years. You talking about maybe sixty to seventy first rounders? Oh yeah, no, why, his his, his he, record of talent evaluation is unbelievable. Why why wasn't the contract made drawn up at halftime of the Clemson game? Because forty two zip at half, we know what's going on. Well, you we know that's kind of what I'm saying here. I mean, I think it's going to be hard to conduct a real search with all this Butch talk, and I I think they they need to make a decision on Butch, and he's either going to be a candidate or he's not going to be a candidate. He's going to be the coach, or we're back to square one. We're right. I think they need to make that decision. Before they can go out and on... people, I think they got to make that decision. This is just my opinion, but I, I I haven't seen this type of groundswell of support in this program ever. Because we, 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 we tried the unknowns three times in a row, and we've been irrelevant, irrelevant for 10 years because of that. We 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 talk about Mario. We talked about Coley. Coley was a, the recruiter of the year, recruiting at Florida State. I could have been the recruiter of the year. Mario recruiting at Alabama. Hell, I can be the recruiter of the year. With Why Nick does everybody Davis think the, everything's so damn easy? <laughs> you guys are nuts. It's easy. Oh, you it's guys easy are, when you're winning. Anybody it's can be a defensive coordinator. Anybody can be the recruiter of the year. Come on, guys. At, at Alabama. Who couldn't? 
the, the defensive coordinator in UGA came from Alabama. That he's terrible, but he got a, he got a, a good position because he was at Alabama. He can't they can't keep players. In, I'm in Georgia. That's why Rick on the way out because he can't keep the best players here. I don't want to know what you can do at Alabama. Can you keep them in Miami? Coley was great getting them to Florida State, but he missing. You put Mario Cristobal in Miami, he'll keep them, and he'll keep a lot of most of the players in Miami. I, I really, I, I believe coach, If Butch is his head coach, I agree with you. But it, on his it, own, which he'll do it too if he puts, unknown, right, if he puts the right staff together. It's still an unknown with Mario. It's still an unknown with Fuentes. It's still an unknown with Herman. Recruiting is not an unknown with Mario. Your unknown with Mario is whether he's ready as a head football coach for this level of job. But the recruiting part of it is not an unknown. Where did Mario recruit uh, so good? Where did he recruit real good players at? Pretty well when he was at Miami. He uh, Where? He recruited pretty well when he was at Rutgers. Come did on, did Garrett. He, he recruited pretty well. We're talking about. Well, who do you think taught him how to recruit? This how you're right here is going to make or break the program. So, would you put your money on Mario at Rutgers? Well, I, Mario I, I at that's FIU? one of the things that Mario's fighting right now. But would I, you I, put I, your money on him for what the job he did at Rutgers? No, I think that that's what he's fighting right now and trying to get this job. That's why it's a no-brainer. That's what makes it a no-brainer, man. And that's why we talk so bad about the administration, because they're not committed to winning on the football field. Well, if it's a no-brainer to them, they need to make a move pretty soon. That's my opinion. Yeah, they don't care about football. Oh, uh, last that, thing. Jermaine Grace right. needs a – they don't care about football if they don't hire you. That's not he true. He should hire Monday. He they do care Monday about football. The they may not always do the right things, but they do care. We'll be irrelevant for five more years if it's not Bush Davis or ten more not years. Five more years. <laughs> all right. That's all, all I right, wanted, man. man. We're, we're, if we don't get Bush, we're going bankrupt. The program over. All right. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of support for Mr. Butch Davis. And uh, I don't know. I, I just I, I think I'm right on this. I don't see how that they can do a, a, a real legitimate search with all of this hype around one of the candidates the way it is with Butch. So uh, hopefully they can make that Butch Davis decision one way or the other here uh, in the next week or so. Uh, I, I think it's very important. All right, let's go out to the 770. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Hello? That's you. Hello? That's you. Go ahead. It's me? It's you, yeah. Okay, how you doing, Gary? Good, doing man, good. I, Who's this? I, I find, this is James, man, out of out of Atlanta. What's up, James? So, yeah, it's my first time calling, man. I've been trying to get in for a very long time. I just want to uh, touch on a few subjects, man, and uh, I'd like to commend you first on the first time getting through. I've been listening to your show for a long time. I love it. I love my man, D. Black. <laughs> Everybody love loves D. Black. And I love a lot of other callers also. But I just want to start with the game Saturday, man. It's just, of course, touching on piggyback with everything else, with everybody saying that the calling was, you know, horrific, of course, and listening to all the things with ESPN and everybody else with, you know, we should forfeit the game. I think that's just a bunch of hogwash, and I just – it's sad to see people act like that. And 
man, uh, I would just like to say that, uh, you know, I'm hoping that this new era that we're going in to see the kids play loose, play exciting football. I was happy for Artie Burns. Um, you know, great, great way that we raise money for his family, and I love that, and I hope that we keep that going as Canes Nation. And other than that, I really want to speak on the fact that, uh, you know, with the coach hiring, I am a Bush Davis fan, and um, I hope that we can get this settled quickly. I agree with you on that. And, you know, with this interview process, it's going to be tough. I think people should calm down, let it take its place, let it take the process. We all don't know how it goes goes about, and I know we all want to put our two cents in, but let's just calm down a little bit and hopefully that we get what we want. And as just everybody else has been the fans, we just need to keep it going with the support. No matter what goes on, let's be positive because we're in this new era now. Let's, let's start it off. Let's keep it going the way it's going. And hopefully that everybody can be positive. And um, that's pretty much all I got to say, man. All right, man. Hey, thanks for calling in. Okay, you take care now. Go ahead and do it again next time. All right, let's go to the 702. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Hello? Yeah, who's this? Hello? This yeah. is Anthony. What's up, Anthony? Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I've uh, called before. Um, I live in Orlando, but I have a 702 area code from Las Vegas when I lived there. Um, no I just kind of wanted, wanted to talk about the Butch Davis couple of, like the one caller that uh the other guy just got on. Man, when you look at Butch Davis, you're talking about a pedigree. Like to the level of like a Saban, in my opinion. Look at some of the I wouldn't go that get. far. <laughs> I, I mean would. you know, I, I come on, Nick Saban is one I think three national four national titles and I mean no, come let, on. Let me talk. Let me let me finish what go I'm ahead. gonna say. Go ahead. The the year that Florida State went in to play Oklahoma and got whooped, we beat Florida State head-to-head that year. That was Butch Davis's team. I don't know what year that was. We got robbed from playing in that game. And Butch said we would have won that game. Okay? That was one year we got robbed. Uh, two, uh, the 2000 year when we lost to Ohio State, that was Butch Davis's team. He wasn't there anymore, but that was still his team. And then in 2001 when they won it. Okay, that's three national championships. So you're saying had he yeah, stayed said, through, he would have three national titles. Okay, well, and maybe he'd have well, more if he had stayed for all the, the the ensuing years. So okay, yeah, you, you know, you can make that I'm argument. Just putting, I'm just putting facts out there. This, this, I mean, these are these are facts. I mean, we got robbed one. We didn't even get a chance to play in another one. And then when we finally didn't get robbed, or someone wasn't making a bad call, we actually won it all. We didn't leave it in the referee's hands. That 2001 team. So, I mean, look at some of the coaches that have coached under this guy. I mean, he's not only evaluating players. This guy is a builder. He can build a program. He's done it before. He came in when we were on a dire straight, 31 scholarship reductions. And this man built this program to, to one of the greatest teams that ever played in the 2001. And that was all Butch. I mean, look, uh, look at all the coaches. The guy that's at Indianapolis now, the head coach, coached under Butch. Um, the guy that was at uh, Rutgers that did a good job, coached under Butch. Chajinski, that's uh, an offensive coordinator, one of the greatest offensive minds, coached under Butch. These are guys that he handpicked and found their talent and groomed them to get to where they're at. You're telling me that's not the same level of pedigree? Look at his coaching tree. 
Look at his coaching tree. Look at the coaches that have come under this man. He can do the same thing all over again. It's not as broken as it was when he took over. I mean, I heard Butch talk on a radio show down there in Miami, and he was talking about his passion with the recruiting, and he's got some unfinished business, and that he's already got some guys in mind, and he always keeps guys in mind. That's because he can evaluate talent in coaches too, not just in players. I mean, this is a man that's won Super Bowls uh, as a defensive corner, one of the greatest defensive minds. This is a man that's assembled one of the greatest teams that ever played college football. This is a man that's played at the high, coached at the highest level with the Browns. I mean, this, look at his pedigree. How can you not compare him to a statement? I mean, he has the same credentials. All right. And well, no, he does not. Have, he, no, 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 no. He does not have the same credentials. But, but the point you're making is well taken. He could have. What you're saying is he could have had the same credentials had he made different decisions with his career. That's a fair statement. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I mean, this man has some business to finish here in Miami, and he wants this job, and he's passionate about every aspect of it, from the hiring of the coaches, from the talent evaluation. When you have a great coach, a builder, someone that can build, a, a leader of man, he's going to get on his coaches. He's going to, that's what the great coaches do, like Saban and Fisher that was under Saban. He learned from Saban. You get on your coaches. You expect the same from your players as you do as your coaches. And you coach your coaches up. And that's what Butch can do because he demands that respect from coaches that are going to be coming under him because he's earned it. He's earned that respect. And right now, Miami slow playing him the way that they're doing. I mean, they're not slow playing even... him. They're conducting a proper search. But the problem is there's so much buzz about him that it's polluting the entire process. And and Very. I just I I think they need to make a decision on him. And it, it's it's they an opinion of mine only. But huh? put that man in a room. You there was the story of, of Paul D when he went. He was going to go interview some other guy, and he met with Butch. Dude, if these guys meet with Butch, he will blow their minds away, and there won't be any reason for them not to hire him. But they're not giving him a chance. That's what I mean they're slow playing him. He already said he wants the job, and he's got unfinished business. This man can rebuild this fractured program right now. He can rebuild it because he knows how to do it. He has the framework and the blueprint. This is a man that coached under one of the greatest coaches, Jimmy Johnson. Okay, he knows the blueprint. He knows Miami. He knows what it takes to win there. I mean, why why are we wasting our time talk about all these other people that are unproven and these Well, cuz you got to see who shows interest. If you want to conduct yeah, a proper search, you got to see who conduct, you Strong, can... They're talking about Charlie Strong. That man's making 5 million dollars at Texas. The only way he's coming here is if he gets fired by Texas. Why he, well, he's going to get fired. If it's not this year, it's next year. He's getting fired. And, and he knows he's getting fired. And that's why he'll listen to Miami. He'll listen to Georgia. He'll probably listen to we South Carolina. We have someone that's a way better option than a Charlie Strong, in my opinion, in Bush did. Give this man the five years. Let him retire with his legacy. And let him bring in the coaching staff and the talent that Miami needs to win and be the juggernaut again. Stop slow playing this man. Give him, they're, give, give they, him they're not and slow playing him. him. They're trying to do a proper right. search, but the problem is there's so much support for him that that I don't know how you can conduct a proper search. You I know think why they... there's so much support? Because people can see through all the bullshit. Sorry, Gary. Yeah. And and they That's can right. and they can see that this is, this, is, this, is, this is bullshit. 
automatic. It's an automatic. Why are we Why are we waiting? What are we waiting on? Like you just said, a, a couple, give the man an interview. Figure out if you're going to, and then move on. If you're not going to bring him in after he talks to you, then move on and do all your little searching that you want and hope that we get somebody that knows how to, how to win, like Bush Davis already knows how to do. Yeah. Well, hopefully if I mean, it's going to be him, you'll, you'll get a decision soon. I mean, I heard this man speak, and Gary, man, gave me goosebumps because he was just so passionate. And just seeing him, you know, just seeing him on the, on the TV when he's announcing, you could tell he, he feels like maybe something might be coming, and it might be an opportunity. You can see the excitement in him. Give that man an opportunity. He'll bring Chris the ball. Why wouldn't Chris the ball want to come coach at his alma mater if they can pay him the same money Alabama is? Come home. Groom him as your successor. If you think he's going to be the next thing and he's got the passion and the fire for it, what better coach to groom him than Butch Davis? I mean, come on. Why are we, why are we waiting? What are we waiting on? We have everything we need right there in that man. Everything, everything you would need in a coach. And it's proven and it's facts and it's straight to the point. What are we waiting on? That's well, I, 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 I gave you my opinion. I think they need to make a decision. All right, you got anything else for us tonight? That's it, Gary. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, let's go out now to the 419. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, how you doing, Gary? It's Mo from Ohio. Hey, what's up, Mo? Hey, I tell you what, I, I love listening to your show. I get a kick out of these armchair coordinators. I love it. <laughs> How about like, and I love every one of our callers, but but this whole notion that anybody can be a defensive coordinator. I mean, come on. Oh sure, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm a top ranked Madden anybody player. Anybody can be the, the recruiter of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's not easy. You go join the Alabama coaching staff, and you can be the recruiter of the year in the entire country. Anybody. Oh, sure, I know. <laughs> I know it, it is. It's it's not easy when you got a hundred when you got fifty thousand people and all eyes are on you and it's crunch time. It's not, you know. And I get a kick out of these people play one too many games of Madden. All of a sudden they're coordinating a defense. I love it. it it's funny though. It is. It's humorous. But um, you know, back to the coaching thing. I'll tell you what. I I think I hate you know I hate to be an agreeable man, but I do. I think uh, I see why all the strong support is for Butch Davis. I mean, the guy took over a program that was in a lot more dire straits than what the program is now. I mean, the program when he took over was, was really bad off with scholarship reductions and everything. And he built up a program. He's a great recruiter. Um, he knows how to develop talent. I mean, the guy knows how to build a program. And and, and I agree with you, he didn't reach Saban's level. He didn't. But, but like the caller before did kind of point out, I 100% agree, he easily could have reached that level or surpassed. Because, and I will say this without – any regrets, I think that that Miami roster that he built up was better than any Alabama team that Saban had. And, and that's just my opinion. I, I truly believe that. Top to bottom, offense to defense, that team was loaded. I mean, he he built a roster like no other. And, and, and you know, I, I've heard you know, people talk about the age thing, and I understand that. But I, I have a funny feeling that that guy has a lot of unfinished business. You know, he, he left the University of Miami with no national championship to his credit. Even though he's given a lot of credit for the one they won, he, he truly didn't actually get to be on the field and win that one. And, and, and I'm sure that is a hell of a feeling for anyone who's ever done that. And I have a feeling that that sort of thing would drive him to to really perform there at Miami. And let's face it, he ain't going anywhere to the NFL again. That's not going to happen. 
And what I like too, I, the caller before actually, I, and I've been saying this for a while. If you got a guy like Chris Ball, you like him, bring him over, groom his, groom him as a successor. I like that a lot. But I think is well, as he's got to he would have to want to do that number one, and then they would have to be true. able to work it out, you know, with each other, you know. Very true, very true. Yeah, I can't speak for Mario, but I'm saying, or, or even another guy, maybe, maybe even a Chudzinski. You know, I mean, whatever you can do, I think Chudzinski. Isn't he got the offensive coordinator? Is he in Indy right now? Is he coaching that? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's been an NFL offensive coordinator for a long time. I mean, I right. I don't see I don't see him coming back to college as a coordinator. Sure, and, and you could very well be right, and probably are right on that. But if if you if you have a successor in mind, you bring him in, you groom him under him. But I, I do really think that is the, just just based on a prior his previous resume, his previous track. I mean, they had a lot less scholarships to work with. Now they're working with a full palette of scholarships, and I think the man would just do wonderful, and I, I really do. I think he's your obvious choice for uh, the other choice. You know, you're saying you're going to spend about two, two and a half mil on a coach. There's no two and a half million dollar coach out there that you can compete with Butch Davis. That's just my opinion, and that's just from what has been done, you know, from his previous track record, and I understand everybody had the, you know, the big thing with North Carolina, but I'm going to tell you what, Carolina, he loaded that team up probably as loaded as they've been in Years. I mean, I mean, even though oh, there's the no, there's no question about it. Yeah, by his and fourth year at Carolina, they had a great roster. Absolutely, and I pray to God. You know, I don't know if Blake James listens to your show, but I really do hope he listens to the show. But I think a lot of the fans do are hitting it right on the head because I He's really definitely do think listening. That, uh, why? Why would he not listen to the show? <laughs> I don't. I, I. Why wouldn't he? I agree. These are but his I people. Definitely, you guys are the people. Yeah. You're the people of the Canes Nation. Sure. That's you're and I, I do. I just I really think it's the higher. I mean, considering I think, what we have to spend, you know, it's not like we're going to spend four million and go out and get a hardball like coach. So for the two and a half that you could get him for, I boy, I, I tell you what, if it were me, I'd done pull the string. I, there would be no doubt. And I and I do totally respect what you said, though. There has to be a proper search, and, and I do agree with that to see who wants to come out there. But I have a feeling for that kind of money and for what we're going to get. I think the logical answer is sitting right there in front of us. And I, I tell you what, I think if Butch got a hold of Miami, you'd see a team right back in the thick of things in probably about three years. I mean, look at Harbaugh's doing in Michigan and, and the Florida job. I can't even believe what that guy's done there. I'm, I'm just totally amazed. He's doing a great job. Man. He is. And I think there's talent on this Miami roster. There's some holes, and I agree that there are definitely some holes there. But there's a lot of talent. And the thing I've always said about college football, a good quarterback can get you three wins that a lesser guy won't. And we've got that yeah. kid in place. I mean, there's, I think Kaya right now, ninety percent of the teams in this nation would not trade quarterback. Would not, would want to trade quarterbacks. They would trade quarterbacks for what we got. I definitely think Kaya is better than ninety percent of the kids out there. No doubt in my mind, the kid can play some ball. And I think by his senior year, he had two more years of development. The kid could be unbelievable. I, th- I think probably our best. Probably, I mean, easily our best quarterback since Dorsey. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yep. We've really had I, nothing except you know. Yep, no doubt. All right, you got anything no else doubt. tonight? That's all I had to say. All right, man, thanks for being part of the show. All right, let's go to the 305 now. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, JCAT2410. Hey, what's up, JCAT? Talk to us. Oh, my God, it's been two and a half hours, dude. I know. <laughs> I, think the, I think I'm the first 305 call tonight, man. What's going on? It's fun, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's fun being on hold for sure. I, went, I had two bathroom breaks. I had a Kit Kat, uh, two glasses of wine, and, and I'm here. I'm trying to work my way through, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. 
So uh, for some reason, half of my graduating class in high school went to FSU, and I ended up going to Miami. So my Twitter and my texting uh, the last couple of days has been absurd. Um, you know, one thing I, I've been pointing out to my friends is, uh, you know, in a year from now when they do adopt a better system, a replay system, you know, their team is going to be on the hook for a call, and, and it's probably going to go the correct way. And, you know, silently they will think back on us and thank us uh, for, uh, for what happened uh, because it, it, eventually it will save somebody's team. Uh, from the heartache of, uh, I guess, what Duke went through, because obviously the play wasn't uh, wasn't kosher. Um, you know, Gary, I can I can appreciate the scale, uh, the speed of the game of football, especially on offense. Um, however, it seems like it's almost impossible to properly substitute on defense at times. Um, is it safe to say that the illegal substitution penalty is rampant in college football at this time, or is it only our team? You know, I think the thing they need to look at is if a kid is 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 within a couple yards of the sideline and not trying to be part of the play, that you got to eliminate those the, the, the ticky tack call like that. I mean, you know, a lot of those kids are running off the field, and you know he's within a yard or two of the off of the sideline when the ball snapped and the referee is throwing the flag. I mean, that that's what I think they need to look at. He, obviously, you know, whenever you know, whenever a play goes to a certain side of the field, they will place the ball on that hash mark uh, closer to where the play ended. So, if a play ends on the Miami side where they mark it on that hash mark, obviously, it should be easier for our guys to get off the field. Uh, I'm kind of curious if a play ends on the opposite side of the field, closest to an opposing team's bench. Was it, is it possible our defensive guys can simply exit that side of the field to a designated area? And I don't. That I, the next I, that's a great question. <laughs> I've never seen anybody do think that. Of, I don't know. Think I mean, about I've, it. Seen kids, I, I, I've seen kids you, run out of the end zone. You know, like like leave the field from the end zone and walk, and then walk back to the bench. I mean, I've seen that. I don't know what would happen if somebody went out on the opposing sideline to take themselves out of the game. But it's logically, it makes sense. Would you please, if you get a chance, would you ask somebody? At Miami, say, hey, listen, is it possible if a play ends on the I, opposite side closer to your I hash? Um, I Seriously, I mean, logically, no, it makes great, sense. And great, that, question. That way, great question. You know, you I'm know, curious of the answer. I'm going to ask uh, if I get a chance. Uh, I'll ask Coach D'Onofrio. Uh, I may not see him again till Saturday, but I'll ask him. I mean, it's possible Kane Sport just changed the way how defenses kind of kind of play a little bit. So, you know, not we can take the credit for that. You get credit <laughs> if we change. You, you, listen, you, it's your show. You get fifty-fifty. I've never seen it. Anybody do it? And, well, and think about it. Like, if you're allowed to do it, it makes sense. For sure. So you made reference to Jamal Carter being a rover the other night. Um, can you uh, clarify whether he was maybe spying a particular player or a player he, in a he, specific position, like a slot guy? Or? He was he was playing like a hybrid linebacker role, and he did a great job. And I've always thought that's was, how he should be. I'd much rather have Jamal he, Carter playing that role than have and and you know May you know he his career's over now and and he 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 spilled a lot of sweat for the Miami Hurricanes. And I'm sorry if I'm disrespecting him right now, but I would have rather have Jamal Carter playing that role than Rafael Kirby playing middle linebacker. Right, That's Jamal's just, only a Jamal's only a sophomore, correct, or a junior? I think he's a junior now. He's yet another guy who's had years wasted that shouldn't have been wasted. Right. I mean, is he roving only? Is he roving to like the strong side of the field, for example, or is he on the weak side of the field? I, I mean, if he's 
Probably depends on, on, on what the, what defense is called on on a, on, a, on a given play. Right. So uh, the, point, a, a the point is, see, he's a good player, and that's the perfect role for him. Right. Well, and, and I've spoken to NFL do. scouts who have told me they don't understand how he ever comes off the field. They, I, I've had NFL scouts tell me there are six guys on this defense that should never come off the field, and I stop them and I say, "Let me name them." And I go, I go, Muhammad, Chad Thomas, Jermaine Grace, Jamal Carter, um, Dion Bush, and um, and Artie Burns. And they tell me I'm right. And the, they, they look at the Miami film and they say, those six guys should never leave the field on this defense. So, okay, so... You know, you keep making a point that, you know, we need to retool or we need, you know, to rebuild again. And, you know, with with that said, I don't – is it possible it's not really a total rebuild? I mean, do we, have an, do we have enough playmakers in place where it just takes the right coach that understands how to play a Miami right system? Coach, you, and you, you can win nine, nine games with this team, you know, right now with the, with the team the way it is. There's just too many weak spots, man. Uh, you know, the offensive line is weak as hell. Um, I still think you need – to be better at running back. I mean, I like Yearby. I like Mark Walton. I'm not sure either one of them is a franchise back. You know, neither one of them is Dalvin Cook, for example. Um, you're going to have to rebuild the receiver position. You're losing some key guys there. Uh, defensive tackles is not very good. Uh, defensive end, I wouldn't be shocked if Muhammad goes pro. Um, I think he's allowed to after this year since he's a third-year guy. Uh, you know, the linebackers, you know, we'll see who comes in in the recruiting class or whatever, but I don't think that position's good enough. Uh, your defensive backfield's going to be weakened with some departures this year. So there, there's a lot of work to do on this roster. Let's not kid ourselves. Oh, my God. Um, I read somewhere uh, that a certain player, like a few days ago, said that uh, they wanted a player's coach, uh, whoever's going to be the next coach. I always thought Al Golden was a player's coach, but then it was referenced, uh, I think, by you uh, maybe an hour ago that he uh, always had the kids up tight. I, so I don't you – know, define a player – is there a certain definitions of a player's coach and what Al Golden was to this team? I mean, maybe the kids loved him and respected, respected him as a father figure, but was he not – was he not a player's coach in the sense where they were playing so uptight that they really couldn't be themselves? I, I'm kind of confused with that. I would say everybody's definition of that is probably different, <laughs> and what a player's coach is or isn't is in the eyes of the beholder. Huh? You agree? I mean, I mean, you could hey, go I, talk. To, you could go talk to Jermaine Grace and say, Jermaine, what's your idea of a player's coach? And then you could go talk to Stacy Coley, and you'd probably get two different answers. You, know, you see what I'm saying? I know, but you know, but the, you know, but the whole thing with the Duke game was, oh, we played for Coach Golden, we played for Artie. Well. You know, so and, and then it was said before. Well, you know, why did it take for him to get fired for you to play for him? So if, if they love the guy so much, if he was that you know revered, well, you know, why are you not balling out from every game? I, I I don't get it. There there was something strategically wrong with this team, starting from the top, uh, you know, going down and the chain of command and the way they were playing, the calls that were being played. You know, I think they loved him as as a, as a human being and as a person as a father figure, but when it came to actually getting on the field, there was something that was there, – there was like a switch that turned the opposite direction, and uh, they, they just weren't able to maybe you know, play uh, to their capability or play a little bit more freer uh, as to what I think I'm hearing now. Um, 
So that's kind of a, that's kind of a, kind of interesting. Uh, you know, Butch Davis. If they, you know, I think if they intend to give him the job, I think they should do so ASAP. If I agree. Anything for 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 recruiting reasons. Um, my question is this: if, if they, for for example, hired Butch, you know, uh, next week, um, or to take over like during the bowl week, okay, would he be able to come into the building next week after they hired him and start doing recruiting stuff, or would he have to wait till after the bowl game? Yeah, because he, he would he would just fill the golden slot on the coaching staff. So he can come. In, he can come in right away and start trying to. He could so he's and, come you know, in right away and start doing his own thing while they're playing games. Absolutely. Yeah. Start so working that's, on that's, working that's, on recruiting, watching film, evaluating, working with the support staff, um, looking at all the recruits that they've identified. Who who do they want to continue to recruit? Yeah, absolutely, he could do all that stuff. The the, the longer they wait, the 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 longer they wait, the more difficult it's going to be for yeah, him to I mean, start flipping some recruits from other from other schools. There's not a doubt in my mind if Butch Davis comes into the into the program, he's going to flip some big name players. It may only be one, it might be two, but he's going to have some sort of effect on other players that are currently committed to other teams. Now thinking, whoa, let me let me go let me go play defense for a guy that knows defense. And that that built the greatest team ever in college football history. So if if that if with that thought press process, if if they if he really is on the radar as to be you know to be the next coach, then I think they're shooting themselves in the foot by not by not uh, making that happen pretty quickly. Yeah, I agree. I've said that about so, five times. So I totally agree. So it's my, like my it's point like, is it's like enough already. It's all I hear all day. Butch, 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 butch. It's like, so, you know, 70% of the so, fans, the boosters, the former players, everyone's lining up behind Butch. Make a decision. <laughs> you either want them or you don't want them. You don't have to do point, a lot of betting. Get, you know what you're listen, getting. At some point, you're going to get lit up, and you're going to go out to South Beach and get a tattoo of Butch Davis on your arm because you've heard him, heard him so much. That's all I hear all day long. You know, so my, my last comment is Fuente, Fuente and the dude Hurden, uh, who are supposedly on the rise. You know, to me that sounds a lot like Golden, who was on the rise back in the day with Temple before we hired him. Right, uh, and they, they, you know, they I, better, I, they might be worse, but it's the same idea. Yeah. You're gambling. It, it, gambling. You might as well go to. You, and you can't afford you to might do as well, it right. Now. You might as well go to Vegas and put you know 100 grand on black and 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 wish for the best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, you got a shot. You know, you, you're, you're, it's fifty-fifty. <laughs> so, well, right, well, fifty-fifty actually, but yeah, but the, same idea. Not a problem. And listen, if they don't hire Bush, I'd rather they go join the uh, the same conference as FAU and start acting like they want to be a big player. Um, <laughs> All right. So, hey, thanks for being part of. Have a great. Have a great you night. Too. You too. Bye. All right, let's go to the um, the five oh uh, no the six one four now. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, this is BG King. Hey, what's up, BG? How you doing tonight? Good. Um, first time I got the call uh, this year, uh, but I've been enjoying the shows. And uh, uh, I was the guy last year that asked you repeatedly to uh, call for uh, Al Golden's firing, and uh, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we glad made I, a move. You're glad I finally got it done after all these months, right? <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, it's better late, better late than never, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate, I think, Gary, that we didn't make a move last this last year. Uh, I think we kind of got we could have got the ball rolling earlier, um, and I think we missed out on maybe a Hugh Jackson from the Bengals um, that really could have helped. Um, I'm calling in regards for the coaching. Um, Butch's age kills me, Gary. 
Um, well, that's the drawback, yeah. Yeah, it kills me because I think Tops, if he's healthy, and I know he had a, a, a cancer scare, seven or eight years Tops. Um, I think he'd go further, but then you get a Joe Paterno situation, which I don't want for Miami. Oh, if, you could, if you could, if you could get seven or eight good years, you've hit the lottery. Well, that's what I. Here's the deal. Um, I think our guys, Tom Herman, um, if he's interested, and I'll tell you why. And you know, the previous caller mentioned Al Golden. This guy, and I'm telling you right now, because I'm calling you from Ohio, actually Central Ohio, and um, this guy is an offensive genius. And I don't think Al Golden was a genius. You know, this guy, I'm telling you right now, is a smarter, better Jimbo Fisher. Now, I don't know if that does it for you or anybody, but this guy came from a national championship uh, program he is excelling at a school that you just don't hear about. We haven't heard about since the what are you talking David about? Dare games. He, like Tom Herman. He no, I'm, I'm talking. What do you? You're now. Now you're wrong. I mean, Houston. Kevin Sumlin came from Houston. Well, but that guy. I mean, he he's bringing. I mean, he's bringing these guys to undefeated levels. You're right, Kevin Sumlin. You know, we didn't hear about – I mean, this guy is, is – th- th- that program was moribund. I mean, you didn't hear about it. And this guy, I'm telling you right now, it is a gamble. But, you know, here's the thing about Butch, other than the, other than the age, that's a problem. It, it just seems like it's a getting the band back together. Um, John Robinson, second term at USC – uh, Bill Snyder, second term at Kansas State. You know, when these guys get older, you know, he does ha- sound like he has some fire in his belly, but when these guys get older, you know, the young kids don't respond as much. You know, they might respond because of Billy Corbin's U documentaries for a little bit. But I'm telling you right now, you know, you look at Bush's tenure at North Carolina and everybody's saying about the pro prospect. You know, this is a guy that hired uh, Shoup, as an offensive coordinator, he hired John Blake, which was a noted cheater in the college football. I mean, he was a noted cheater, and yes, he did he it. Was. He hired him. He, he hired him anyway. So that goes towards Butch's decision making coming back from college. Now, look, I know he's got a nice condo in Bonita Springs. This guy hasn't. I mean, has has he even had a chance of getting another job? I mean, honestly, why hasn't he been touched? I mean, there's something up. And there's, I know he's got exonerated by the NCAA, and maybe he, he has so much money he's just going to pick and choose when Miami calls him. But, man, there, there's some stuff about this guy, Gary. I mean, I'm not – you know, I, it, it just seems like we're trying to get the band back together. And you're talking about – people are talking about Dorsey and Mario and stuff like that. You know, we were groundbreaking as a university when we brought in – you know, Howard Schnellenberger, who had a vision, who wanted to be USC South. We brought in Jimmy Johnson, who brought the 4-3 defense. We brought Dennis Erickson, who brought the one-back offense. I'm telling you right now, this Tom Herman guy's innovative. He's young. He might only have a year under his belt. But I'm telling you, the guy is what we have con- – I mean, we, we had innovative coaches. 
And Butch did a great job when he was here. I'm not saying that. But, man, I don't know if Butch at 64 is the same Butch when he was in his late 40s. I, I'm telling you right now, and I saw some of his decision-making at North Carolina when it came to, and you're right, he did raise a lot of money. But, man, he should have brought in some better coordinators. John Blake, are you kidding me? That guy was the biggest cheater. You don't get the nickname of Black Santa, I mean, for nothing. That guy, and he did it anyway, man, which, I mean, there's something wrong with his decision-making. I'll hang up and listen. I'll just agree with you. You know, I I, I mean, the, the, the points you're making are, are good, and those are the drawbacks against Butch. Uh, everybody knew what John Blake was all about uh, before he went to Carolina. And, you know, <laughs> I think Butch was a, maybe a little too desperate at Carolina than he needed to be. You know, obviously he, he was trying to get back in the game, so to speak, in college football and, you know, made some decisions there that probably designed to, to do it as quickly as possible. But, uh, you know, I don't think that that necessarily diminishes his candidacy at Miami. I, I, I don't think it, it'll impact the decision-making process here. I think, you know, the things they got to look at is do we want to hire a 64-, 65-year-old coach? Is that the direction we want to go in? And can the people that have a problem with Butch get over it from, you know, from things that went on 15 years ago? And, you know, the, to me, um, those are the key issues. All right, uh, six four six five nine five two zero four eight is the number. We got about fifteen minutes of show left. I've got um, a lot of guys on the board here waiting to get on the show, so let's try to keep our points uh, direct to give as many people as possible a chance to get on tonight. Let's go to the five zero four. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, twice. Uh, sorry, we're gonna have to skip you. Let's go to the three zero five now. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you there? All right, going to have to skip you too. Let's go to the 470. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Doing good. Who's this? This is Rod in Atlanta. How you doing, Gary? What's up, man? What you got for us? Oh, I just uh, listened to the show. Um, I-, I agree with you on the... Um on the Butch uh, crystal ball combo, if that's possible, I think that'd be great uh, a great combo for us because um, obviously obviously for the uh, recruiting reasons. But um, to go back and talk about Butch and recruiting, I think he's a great evaluator of talent. And the only other team I probably know, whether I know Florida State almost as good as I know Miami because I used to, I lived in Tallahassee for a few years, and I know Jimbo is a great evaluator of talent too. And I think we, we need uh, Bush to come in and kind of combat that song. Uh, I think with the right staff, th- that's, that's very possible. Because I go back to the times where we had the, the recruiting um, restrictions, and I think it was just genius, some of the things he did, like bringing in um, Santana Moss on a track scholarship because we didn't have enough football scholarships and stuff like that. Just some of those moves that he made. Um, and I think if he came in right now, he would be able to go. He probably go and get some some junior college players to get play on the offensive and defensive line to kind of uh, beef that up some. I think we definitely need some help there, and um, possibly somebody um, in the secondary. But I just think he's he's what we need right now to come in and and kind of fix fix some of the things that's been going on with the defense, offense, 
And um, even if he could possibly bring in Shiano somehow, that's, I know that's a stretch, but um, <laughs> what do you think about some of those things? I, I don't think all these, you know, everyone thinks everyone's going to come be an assistant coach. I mean, Greg shiano has been a head coach at Rutgers and at, in the NFL. I don't think he's looking to come be the defensive coordinator at Miami. I'd be shocked. Yeah, you probably but maybe, but, like but, or something like that. It's hard to say. You know, I mean, I, we we don't know who he's going to go after, and we don't know what they're going to say. You know, there's specul. The only thing there's speculation of right now is that, uh, you know, he might go after Ken Dorsey to be his offensive coordinator. Yeah. But I, I yeah. personally think that's a very risky move. I mean, Ken Dorsey's only been a quarterback's coach in Carolina. He's never been a play caller. He's never recruited. He's never had to evaluate quarterbacks and pick the best one. I mean, there's a lot of things that go with that job that he's never done. I, I personally think it'll be, a, if he does, if, if all this evolved and he were the OC, I think it would be a little risky. Um, one name that I have heard mentioned as a possible defensive coordinator uh, regardless of who's named the coach, is uh, Winston Moss, who's uh, obviously a former Hurricane, who's now the linebacker coach uh, with the Green Bay Packers. I've heard his, his name thrown around a little bit. We'll see what happens there. But um, it, right now it's all blank canvas. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think he just come in and strike fear in, into this conference real quickly. I think he wreak, wreak absolute havoc on the Coastal. But I think yep. I think uh, he, he'd be great here. If you if you decide to come back, so I hope they make that decision soon. Whether they decide to go that way or not, I just hope they 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 uh, at least get him the interview because I don't think anybody wants this job more than he does. Oh, he'll get an interview. He, how can they not interview him? There's just too much support, and uh, I, I, he has to get an interview whether he gets the job or not. All right, you got anything else tonight? Yeah. Well, the only other thing I was gonna say, I think the right guy is whoever can bring in the best staff. Whoever can bring in the best staff, that's what I'm with. I agree. If I'm on that committee, it's the first question I'm asking. Show me your coaching staff. Got another staff. Yep. Hi, Gary. Thanks. I'll talk to you next week. You got it, man. Uh, talk to you next time. That's the mistake they made the last time. Nobody ever asked Al Golden, who's your staff going to be, and vetted that coaching staff. And that ended up being the downfall of, of Al Golden. The, the, the defensive side of the ball has been atrocious his entire tenure at Miami. Let's go to, to 770. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Yes, sir. Hey, what's going on, man? Doing good. Who's this? This is Royal. Hey, Royal. How you been, man? Talk to us. Oh, man. Um, hey, man, you, you told me a lot of good stuff tonight. I had no idea about uh, We told me about uh, the, the safety Jamal Carter. I had some good info. I, I like that kid, but uh, you're right at that safety spot. He struggled, but... Um, yeah, that, that's some pretty good info. So you can be talking to the scouts. That's that's what's up. Yes, sir. Okay, but also, um, well, Bush Davis was already slammed up for me. But when you told me that he was able to raise a hundred million dollars at North Carolina, oh my goodness, that's nothing else to talk about. Butch is Butch is great in those circles, yeah. you know, with, with the people with money and and. You know, he he know he's a salesman. You know, he knows how to sell and he knows how to get people excited. And anybody you know, he, he, that can raise a hundred million dollars—that's a powerful person. Well, he didn't do it himself. He helped. He he helped raise a hundred million dollars. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. Well, the way you made it seem. Okay. Well, he didn't do it all by. He he didn't make every call himself. You know, but he, you know, he obviously. Not. Yeah, but um. What else I wanted to get at you about? I wanted to get at you about something. I'm, I'm gonna let it go. It's late. 
It's All right, and good fun, good and good love. It's for um, yeah, Bushman, man. We and you know, like you said, they need to stop playing games. If he the guy, it just go ahead and make it happen. But um, but I did like what that guy said about Tom Herman. That was a good call because I've been, you know, I'm a Tom Herman guy myself. But right now, I can't mess with him right now. He might be I, the I, next. I, he might be the next Nick Saban. But it's too big right. of a gamble for the University of Miami in, in the state that this program is right now. Right, right, I right, think. right. And your and your boy is too. I know you don't want to admit that, but your boy is too. <laughs> who's my who, Who's my boy? Uh, crystal Ball. We we know that's your boy. So <laughs> go ahead and admit it, Gary. I, I'm, Ball, I'm a your big admi- I'm a big admirer of that guy's passion and work ethic. I will say that. Uh, uh, why? What, what, what do you know about him? You, how I've you never doing? seen a human being who 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 takes who puts the, that type of effort into his job. I mean, I've never seen anybody like the guy. You know, and okay, I, yeah, I, you know I, I I agree. I agree. I agree. If he were going to get it, if he were to get a job like this, he would need phenomenal coordinators and a phenomenal staff. No argument for right, me on that. Right. Let you me know? ask you about this. Um, and I, and I'll somewhere. that he might be better suited to go somewhere else first. And then take his Absolutely. best shot the next time. But Let me you know, ask you about this. did he um? Does he have like a little violent temper with players at FIU or something like that? Or do I got that wrong? Did I read that? Or it's a bunch of baloney. He's very intense. Yes, he's a very intense football coach. There's no doubt about it. But does he physically abuse players? No, that's absurd. Okay, okay. And can you tell um? Now Pete Garcia, that used to be one of our guys too. What, yeah, that what was, happened with him? They didn't get along. They they got into an ego battle over there, you know. Well, because I thought Pete Garcia was going to be the AD at Miami, you know, for a while, and that just I don't know what happened. I, I mean, has he got a bad attitude too? I mean, what happened with Pete Garcia at Miami? Uh, nothing. He never really had a sh- uh, never really was a, um, a front line candidate for the Miami AD job. He's always been over at FIU. He passed through the Miami athletic department, but uh, they never really considered him for the AD, AD the AD job. Okay, one last question. I'm gonna let you go. What? Okay, was not was Butch not squabbling with Paul D over his contract? The reason why he found and decided to go to Cleveland was that because the, uh, the word was they was arguing over his contract for months, and Paul for, D kept telling him, "Wait, because we trying to work on the writer center, the basketball no, program." Am no, I right? no, they were arguing about the buyout. They had agreed on the salary. They were arguing about the buyout clause. Um, Miami was busting his chops. They they were asking for uh, inequitable terms on the buyout. Butch's agent would not allow him to sign that contract. They kept going back and forth, and the Cleveland Browns stayed aggressive. He turned it down twice. You know, they they put a fifteen million dollar check in front of him, and uh, on a whim he took the job, and he regrets doing it. But uh, he was frustrated. You know, he was he was frustrated that they couldn't get that contract done the way he, that he and his agent felt that it needed to be done, and the Browns caught him at a weak moment. Well, I, I'm, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I know going to Cleveland is like the black hole. But you can't blame Butch for going to the nah, NFL, man, 15, going to the pinnacle of the sport. You 15 can't do million that. Is 15 million is 15 million, and it was it, more than double. Especially back then, 
Exactly. Yeah, and it was more, it was more than double what he was going to make at Miami. So oh, yeah. yeah, you can't blame Bush for that. No, no, you got to get over it. Fifteen years later, you got to get over it. You either want to hire him or you don't want to hire him, but but you got to get over that. Fifteen years later. All right, man. You got anything else? Yeah. I'm, I'm good, man. Uh, appreciate right. it. You got it. Thanks All for being part of the show. All right, guys. We got um, just a little bit of time left. Let's make these calls quick. Let's go to the nine seven three. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, twice, next week. Let's go to the 501. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Alex from Arkansas, man. What's up, Alex? Talk to us quick. Hey, man, listen, I know you're giving me this therapy, and we're good now. But listen, here's what I wanted to ask you. Do you remember a few years ago when Ohio State uh, had a coach but Urban Meyer became available, and they didn't waste any time. They fired that coach and went right after Urban Meyer. Yep. Same situation. Now, my next question for you is, if by chance Bush doesn't get this job, give me your number two. Oh, my God. I, I You know, I mean. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm going to I don't think Chodzinski. Chodzinski doesn't really want it, I don't think. You're sitting there. You'd be sitting there right now with Mario and Shiano and and, and, and I guess Charlie Strong. And, and that's what you're sitting there with right now. And uh, until somebody else steps forward. And that's okay. what we don't well, know. We don't know if that somebody else exists yet. Well, if 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 it doesn't go that way and Mario doesn't get the head job, which I'm sure he wants this job, um, but we've got to find a way, man, to get him back at Miami. I don't I know. care if you got to pay him a million dollars because he is cleaning house as far as recruits go down in the state of Florida, man, to get them to Alabama. We got to well, cut that it's off. Not even- that because he can only take so many kids. You know, Alabama is a national recruiting school, and you're only going to take so many kids. But you know, the point is, the guy's a great recruiter. I mean, he goes up into New Jersey and pulls the best cornerback in the country, who's playing quite a bit as a true freshman. Uh, name's Patrick. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he he then he goes into another home and pulls one of the best defensive tackles in the country. I mean, the guy is just a good recruiter, and, and he's valued to any program he has, and any program that, that, that'll hire him. We have got to get him back at Miami. I don't care if you got to pay him a meal a year. Man, you got to get him. You got I to agree. get him. He's got got to, to get he, him. he would have to want to do it, and right now I think it's, it's hard to set on being a head coach. All right, what else you got? Anything else? Well, that's gonna be it, man. I'll be ready next week. Leave me alone. Right, and yeah, shoot back at us next week. Let's go to the two five one. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Here. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm okay. Couple quick questions for you, man. Hey, talking to your phone. Yeah. One second. I'm sorry. Can't hear you. Are you hearing me now? Not yet. Hey, get. Yeah, get your phone straightened out. I'll come right back to you in a second. Let's go to the 570. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Garrett, this is Golf Kings. How are you? First time hey. caller. Oh, hey, welcome to the show. You're getting late, so you got to talk Thank fast. Uh, yeah, I know. I've, I've been waiting. You know, if you were correct before in saying that uh, Blake James is listening to the show, he has to be crazy because he's in a no-lose situation if he hires Butch Davis. Even if Butch fails, which I doubt he will, no one will blame Blake James for this. But 
if Blake James doesn't hire Butch Davis and hires anyone else, and next year we lose three or four games, the planes will be flying more than they did this year. So I think it's a no-brainer that he brings Butch Davis here straight yep. out. It's a great point. You know, I, I mean, like, I, I think the other athletic directors in the country are saying, oh, my God, if I had a situation like this, it's a no-brainer to me. I take who 75% of the fan base wants. I mean, yeah. uh, and, and, and your and your mo- and your money people too want them. I mean, it, it, it's going to be tough for them to not hire Butch Davis. I I don't know I don't know how they they, they don't do it. But if they're going to do it, you need to do it. Like you know, make a exactly. decision. They have to do it now. They have to do it right now because There's nothing I'll to wait. Right. If I'm another coach, okay. If I'm a Tom Harmon and they they hire me instead of Butch Davis, it puts a lot of pressure on Tom Harmon knowing that the, uh, 75% of the fan base wants Butch Davis. So it's going to put a lot of pressure That's on what anyone I was saying else. Earlier. Butch Davis. It's polluting the process. They can't have a legitimate search with this Correct. atmosphere right now. So they need to make a decision on Butch Davis, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, Garrett, this BS about Butch's age, come on, man. He's 64 years old. He's not like 105. And if we can get five or six years out of him, God bless America. That's what we want. You know, and then if Mario goes somewhere else, maybe in five or six years, Mario want to come to the University of Miami. I doubt. Well, Mario's he would have to make if they go Butch, and Butch is willing to bring in Mario. Mario's going to have to make a decision. What's better, keep trying to get head coaching jobs at other schools, or come to Miami and be an assistant head coach? He would just he would have to make a decision, and it would be a personal Correct. decision. All right, what okay. else you got? Anything else? That's it. Go ahead. You uh, we're late. You go. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man, you got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's try back at the 251. Do you have your sound straight down? Yeah, Gary, you hear me now? Much better. Go ahead. All right, uh, iPhone came, Mobile. I think me and you are in the minority when it comes to Cristobal. People, it's sad how, like, the Miami fan base, I saw, like, they had a, a GoFundMe for, like, to not hire Cristobal and stuff like that. I mean, he's a Yeah, that's, ab- that's a, it's absurd. Yeah, he's like the hardest working guy you'll ever meet. You know what I'm saying? And like people keep saying, well, he's not a coordinator. Well, the number one team on the playoff co- head coach wasn't a coordinator. Uh, Dabo wasn't an offense coordinator or a defense coordinator. If you get the right assistants around you and the head coach brings that intensity and he's uh, a willing recruiter, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? So like yep. people kill me with that. Like, well, he's not a coordinator and he lost it. I mean, Dabo was nothing. Dabble was an assistant coach, but Dabble was a great recruiter, and he got two outstanding coordinators, and they're the number one team in the country right now. Why we can't be that same way with Cristobal? I mean, I don't butch just like everybody else. But, like, I just feel like Cristobal would just outwork everybody. And, it, and I mean, I think it'll be, it won't be easy, but I think you won't be disappointed in his effort. No uh, doubt about I just, that. I just think that's, yeah, I just think it's just absurd how, like, people just dogging the man. I mean, like, he's a hurricane. He's it's the most like, passionate, hardworking guy I've ever seen. Yeah, and people keep saying like he won't be a good choice. I mean, if you get two great coordinators and a great coaching staff, he he won't fail. I, I don't believe he'll fail. So they recruit when you read, that's what they want. They want Cristobal. And, you know, and like you said, he can go to South Florida and get everybody, and everywhere else, New Jersey, everywhere. I mean, he he's a national recruiter. I mean, but you know. I I just think it's just crazy how like I like the Kane Nation is just like dogging this man out like he's just not not head coach material and 
when it's proven, you don't have to be an X and O guy to be a head coach. Well, I, I mean, let's be let, let's be honest. The, the the resume is not as deep as some of these other guys. You know, yeah. the, I, and and that's legit. And then he's gonna he would have to fight through that if he's gonna win this der, little derby here for the Miami head coaching job. Yeah, and the way he, the way he fight through it is he would bring the complete package to the table. He would have to have a phenomenal coaching staff lined up that he could put in front of Blake James and say, this is, this is who would come with me and what I would bring to the table. That, yeah, would, that, would, that, would, be his, that would be his road to the head coaching job if he's going to get it over Butch. Yeah, I live in Alabama, you know, and um, a lot of people down here sound like, you know, he'll probably take, I think Mel Tucker or Mel Blunt, the defensive back coach, maybe to be his defensive coordinator if he were to get a shot. I mean, you know, with, with Nick Saban's whole crew, I mean, I think it's a lot of, uh, well, you know, all the coaches that go through Saban, I think it's a lot of coaches that he could probably reach out to that would, that would uh, you know, that would work for him. That would be a good staff. Mm-hmm. And one more thing, um, I, I saw it like it might have been just a whole bunch of crap, but they had about uh, – Randy Shannon following all the Miami players on Twitter. You think Randy Shannon ever tried to? No, that his, what happened? No, I'll tell you what happened there. Because um, somebody had a student or somebody hacked into Randy's Twitter and did that. And oh, once, okay. Once they realized it happened, they defollowed all those guys, and uh, <laughs> they Randy changed his password. And I, I I know he called Larry Scott and apologized for the whole thing. Also. Oh okay okay. Uh, okay, I, I thought he might have been some maybe down the line where he might be a coordinator on the Butch, maybe. But I don't think he ever worked on the Butch before, though, did it? Did he come out the Butch left? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Well, that's all, Gary. Um, I was, all right, man. Thank you. All right, thank, thank you. Thank, yeah, thank, thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, uh, great show tonight. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Um. We'll see what happens here this week. I, I like I said all night. I think they need to make a decision on Butch Davis here sooner rather than later. I just don't see how they can go and conduct a, a search with so much chat, uh, buzz and conversation about Butch Davis and what Butch Davis would do uh, in this job. Um, I want to thank our sponsor tonight, um, SeatGeek.com. Remember, if you want to go to a sporting event, get that SeatGeek app. Use the code word Kane. They'll give you a $20 rebate off your first ticket purchase. Uh, we'll see what happens this week. The Canes play Virginia Saturday, 3 o'clock. And then we'll be back next Tuesday night to talk about that. And, hey, you never know. Maybe we'll even have a new football coach. But, actually, if we get a new football coach before then, uh, we'll have a special edition of Kane Sport Live just to talk about that. Um, so, good night, everybody. Thanks for being part of the show. <laughs>